beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, stickers on Watford lampposts surging Muslims not to vote, man to appear in court over a murder in Bedford and Bedfordshire firefighters stranded in Nepal returns to UK. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. The notices warn that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock yesterday morning. The fire, which started in some sheds at the rear of the school, spread to a section of the main school building. While the affected area has since been sealed off, the school itself will open today and operate as usual. A man is due to appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with committing a murder in Bedford four months ago. Ian Brunner from Bryron Crescent in Bedford is accused of stabbing 39-year-old John Mark Duffy in the chest. David Cameron and Nick Clegg are travelling the length and breadth of the country as part of the final push by all the parties to garner votes ahead of Thursday's general election. Labour has published figures compiled by NHS Providers, the group which lobbies for NHS trusts to warn of a financial crisis in the health service in England. From Westminster, here's Chris Mason. The party says that 98 of England's 240 trusts expect to have run up deficits by next April of over £750 million between them. The Conservatives said a strong NHS needed a strong economy and Ed Miliband propped up by the SNP would put that at risk. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. Charities have warned that there could be a serious outbreak of disease in Nepal because the earthquake has left communities with contaminated water and poor sanitation. The aid agencies say there have been reports of diarrhoea and chest infections. The Queen is due to return to London three days after the birth of her fifth great-grandchild. Buckingham Palace won't say whether she'll be meeting the new princess, who's been named Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. The England batsman Jonathan Trott has announced he's retiring from international cricket. The 34-year-old returned to the test side for the tour of the West Indies, but was dismissed for five single-figure scores in six innings. This was the reaction of the former England bowler and Lancashire coach Ashley Giles. I think any end to an international career is fairly sad, but I would prefer to look at his career with... Uh, very fond memories and and very proud as well and he should be very proud of what he's achieved for the team. And the weather forecast, outbreaks of rain, some heavy, clearing northwards during the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with some showers and highs of 17 Celsius, 63 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Here we come Walking down the street we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put in 
to do what we like to do. We don't have time to get restless. There's always something new. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. We're just trying to be friendly. I come and watch you sing and play. We're the young generation. And we've got something to say. Look over your shoulder Guess who'll be standing there Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down What? One Confuse May with January. How can you do that, Lockers? Lockers is in the house. Goodness knows where Kelly Betts is. Um, and he's already he's already confused the months. I'm trying to get him to I've put it in there. Where is it? It's in there. Oh no, I put it in January. I mean. Hey, uh, Bobby Hart, the man what done wrote that song, is gonna be on the show in 40 minutes. Very excited. Very, very... We're putting a phone call in live to Los Angeles, California, America of all places, of all places. Who'd have thunk it? On the show today, Dodgy Mail, happy returns. Oh, Mr. Bobby Hart, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bobby Hart. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, you mustn't uh, let me... um... You mustn't let me touch myself when Bobby's on. Okay. Make sure my hands, hands are above. On desk. Hands on desk, for goodness sake. That guy wrote the soundtrack to my life. Literally, he did, man. He did. Anyway, 08459 455 555. Uh, Lockers is here replacing uh, Kelly. Good morning, Lockers. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Matthew. You don't need your headphones on to reply. Good. There we <laughs> He doesn't need his headphones on to reply. He heard the question. He just needed to speak into the... The light came on. He Try, just needed to speak into... Time again. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. And how are you today? Very well, thank and you. And what month is it? January. See what I mean? <laughs> We're having oh. an argument as, as the monkey seam is playing. I've put that thing in your running order. No, you haven't. It's there. It's after the weather. No, it's not. Look for it. I mean, there were arms waving. Um... He's lucky he's in another studio, otherwise he'd have a black eye. Oh, wait, 459 four, double, five, five, double, five. Hey, Dealey's back as well today. We yes, missed him yesterday. We really did. Say, missed him. Well, we noticed you weren't there. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get as much cough. Now, last week, we told you that someone had been putting up notices telling Muslims in Luton and Bedford not to vote. Well, with just days to go before the polls open, they've appeared in Watford and back in Luton with a slight difference in that this time they're being posted through letterbox. 
uh, letterbox is. Catherine's got more details. Remind us where these stickers appeared first. Well, these of all. were these bright yellow stickers plastered on lampposts, signs, and walls across Luton and Bedford, saying that voting for man-made law is shirk associated with. Uh, sorry, associating with Allah. Now, what that means is, I didn't know what sh- shirk is. Basically, bad it means yeah. it's not good. It's the sin of worshiping someone other than Allah. It's considered the biggest sin of all for a Muslim. Uh, these we're all pro- worshiping Russell Brand. Now, these propaganda stickers, or propaganda labelled that way by uh, by a lot of the anti-Islamic activists in Luton and not particularly prominent it has to be said but the flash of yellow does catch your eye now stickers like this have been appearing in other places generally in areas where there are a lot of Muslims living in concentration but places like Leicester and Cardiff as well have noticed okay, them. Okay so this is up to gear what's happening now? Well you know we've, we've got days to go now before polling day at the end of the week these notices have appeared on lamp posts in the town centre in Watford and now they're being posted through letterboxes near Austin Road in Luton. We were alerted to this by Dawood uh, Masood you remember him from last week we were talking to him Yes, young lad founder of the Cuba Trust um, which is an anti-extremist group he's also the man who led the and nothing to do with Cuba Gooding Jr I found out no Cuba with a Q yeah, yeah. embarrassing that wasn't it wasn't it awkward but he's also the man who led the uh, Not In My Name campaign and yes. you remember there was a lot of young Muslims putting uh, holding the poster up and it went viral on Twitter anyway he's been contacted by people who've got these anti-voting stickers through the door in response he's reaffirmed his view he says this is just comedy it's ridiculous he says equating voting with shirk is totally laughable shirk means to associate a partner with God to believe that there is more than one God to believe that someone or something else has God-like qualities he told us there are many things wrong with the system but the prophet asked his followers to be heard and if we don't make our voices heard then someone else will speak for uh, us and these are uh, it's Islamic it's extremists isn't it we think the pretty suge- much well he had a look at the CCTV didn't he and it was certainly someone dressed in a, a, you know an Islamic way it, it's, it's either a, an Islamic extremist or, or a racist with an excellent disguise kit yeah it's one of those two we think we know which one oh wait four five nine four double five five double five.
get the phenomenon of face painting. My boys had their... We went to a fate yesterday. We saw proper Morris dancers. I say proper, they were all ladies. I think, I think I'm right in saying they are Britain's only all-women Morris dancing troupe. Were they good? I don't know. Did they, I, did they I, use the sticks? They had the sticks, had the bells. I mean, I don't know what is good Morris dancing. Mm-hmm. It always looks a little bit rubbish. Yeah. Uh, they had a man uh, playing the squeeze box. Nice. So That's y- tricky. I've tried it. Yeah, you know. So, and he was good. I, d- I don't know what is good. I don't know what is considered good Morris. I, yeah, they were good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Isn't it funny, right? If you go to Spain, they all know what good flamenco is. We yeah. haven't got a clue about Morris, have we? Uh, they all look a little bit... Um, Embarrassed. Yep. They all look a little bit embarrassed. They learn that. That's part of the pose. That's part of the pose, is it? I, I do like... My youngest got bored and um, wanted to go and uh, go on the bouncy castle. Mm-hmm. He also got bored during um, The Magician. But then he's three, so he doesn't understand physics. Right. So he wouldn't know that, um, you know, someone um, getting a, a giant wand out of a small hat... It's like, yeah, and? Exactly. What? But also he, be- he believes in magic, so it's like, yeah... And also, he thinks that if you hit a cat in the face with an anvil, it gets an anvil-shaped face. Oh, they don't. Apparently, they don't. And we, we found out the hard way. <laughs> um, drop a piano but, on and, 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 You know, so we're watching all these magic tricks, and the five-year-old is going, yeah, that's brilliant. And the three-year-old's going, yes, so so what? Yeah, so what? He made, um, uh, he, he cut a rope in half, and it's still in one piece. I mean, why, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Magic, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, the entry slip road at Junction 23 for South Mims is closed at the moment because it's flooded. In Dagnall on Ringshield Road, that's been closed in both directions because the tree's fallen down between Main North Road and the High Street at Berkhamstead. And in Milton Keynes, it's looking quiet at the moment, but there are roadworks on Standing Way at the total round, uh, Kingston Roundabout, so expect delays there. On the train departure boards, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.15. It is, um, oh yes, Tuesday, the 5th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These, may the 5th be with you. Uh, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. And police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. BBC Three Counties Radio. goes to the 2015 BAFTA Television Awards on BBC One. He'll be there. <gasps> Look what's in front of me. A sea of talented nominees. And so will this lot. This is a great honour. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. What an honour. Thank you. This is amazing. I'm glad we came now. The British Academy Television Awards with Graham Norton. I get to host TV's most glamorous night of the year. Sunday night at 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD.
tuna. Hang on. I could just play that bit all morning. Can I mean, for crying. I'm just going to keep... Justin, forget <laughs> uh, forget the rest of the show. Forget Bobby Hart. Forget everything yeah, else yeah. we planned. We can just have this on. We could have this on repeat. We can go home. Everybody's going to be happy. Mm, mm. I mean, it's a good song, but that is the best bit, that particular 11 seconds. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's just... Let's uh, have it again. Let's just rack, rack these bad boys up. Hang on, Justin. Hang on, Justin. Hang on, Justin. Hang on, Justin. Here we go. This is this is what I like to call radio. Can explain? I think it's love. Try to say it to you when I feel blue, but I can't explain. I think it's love. Try to say it to you when I feel blue. Can't explain. I think it's love. Try to say it to you when I feel blue. Can't explain. I think it's love. Try to say it to you when I feel blue. Can't explain. I think it's love. <laughs> oh, that was more fun hey, than boss. it should have been. Just, Hello, just, fella. Just remind us what you said to Roger when you met him. Oh, that was great. Come on, come on, just remind us. Come on, just for the bands. It was, it was, I was so excited because I'd already met the undertones. Is that what they were called? The Overtones. The Overtones. Mm. So I was very excited. I won an award. My first ever radio award, second ever radio award. And then Roger Daltrey's backstage. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I've introduced The Who live on stage at the Royal Albert Hall, but I didn't speak to them. Tonight... I'm the big man, certainly bigger than Roger Daltrey. He's four He's foot three. Tiny, isn't he? And I went, I'm going to go and speak to him as an equal. <laughs> I went, all right, Roger. I really like the music you did with the Who. <laughs> <laughs> Basically saying, all oh, your solo stuff was rubbish. <laughs> he went, yeah, all right, yeah, nice one. Nice no, one. he was all right. He was, he a nice was lovely. Fan, wasn't he? he was lovely. He took he took it in the way it was intended. Great question. Yeah, great question. Statement of fact. We're living. Hey, mate, we got one of my favourite songwriters coming on in about twenty odd minutes. So I hear. Amazing. He's the thing is, he's quite. He's like seventy three, seventy four years old now. He's staying up late. It's um, it's twenty past ten in Los Angeles at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm making an old man stay up just so I can basically, um, you know, <laughs> embarrass myself in front of him. He loves it. I'm a little bit nervous. What if I get it wrong, Just? You won't do. You won't do. You sure? Would you like a massage? Oh, mate, please. Okay. All right, thanks. It's on me. Uh, now, listen, we'll to. Oh, I've, I've got lots I want to talk to you about today, Justin, but let's do this story first. A mm. Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following that earthquake has arrived back in the UK. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley. Blimey. Imagine this, when they got caught up in the disaster. You went to, where was it? Was it Heathrow we arrived at? It was at? Heathrow, yes. Um, Clive and his, his wife uh, arrived back safely on uh, Sunday morning, very early, 7.30 in the morning. The whole family had travelled down from up north. Uh, they were there to greet them with banners. Uh, before we hear from the family, um, here's a, a voicemail, which is very, very gripping. This voicemail is from Clive to his brother-in-law, Nigel. Take a listen to this. Hello, Nigel. It's Clive. Um, just a quick phone call. We've, we're now down from Britain uh, in a place called Shabru Bessi in the Rosara area of Nepal. Um, what we wanted to do, if you can, is we're stuck here. Um, we need helicoptering out. Um, 
we've got a lot of French people here, they're going through their embassy, we haven't got the British embassy in Kathmandu. Well, I was wondering what, what you could do, can you ring the Kathmandu embassy, or the British embassy in Kathmandu, and just say there's four British people stuck in Shabrubethi with no way of getting out back to Kathmandu, and I might put pressure on them. Could you get me a helicopter, please, mate? Mm. Could you? Is he Quite a literally. copper or something? What is he? he he's, he's a fireman. Fireman. I mean. Can't you tell by the way he talks? He he worked. And I'm, you know, say that with greatest respect. You can normally tell when a copper comes on, mm. uh, uh, and it's obviously that same kind of right. This is what's happened. Yep. This is the situation. This is what we need. Very yep. calm, methodical way of speaking. He was very, very calm. Isn't I mean, that interesting? I mean, the, the family at the airport they weren't calm at all. That they were just you know full of emotion, as you, as you can appreciate. I mean, that phone call was made last Tuesday. Thankfully for. for Clive and his wife. The helicopter did arrive on Thursday, but the family thought, you know, for, for those few days, there was a real lack of information. They didn't know what was happening. All they wanted was to get their loved ones home. Uh, you'll hear from Clive a bit later, but uh, this is Nigel, Clive's brother-in-law, just before the couple arrived back safely. That voicemail yeah. to being here at the airport, what a roller coaster! Absolutely. Um, I, just, I want to give him a big man hug. Because I, at the time, I, I, I didn't think I'd see him again. Um, it, wa it was a, 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 um, a reassuring message in the, se in, in the sense that he, that he said he was okay. But having uh, Googled the, the, the state of things over there, it could have been a touch and go. Um, one minute you're there, the next minute you're not. Um, and I, I'm going to be so glad to see him in the flesh. Um, I have to apologise for the tears, but... Um, there, there is a big part of me that says that uh, you know he might not come, he might not have come back, and and, and, and that, that is just terrible, absolutely terrible. It's, it, I can't even bear thinking about it. The There's been a lot of criticism of the Foreign Office over this. They've got to learn from, from their mistakes, haven't they? Because if something like this happens again, you've had such a, an awful time thinking, what is going on? That cannot happen again to families like you. Absolutely not. Um, the, 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 just, just the simple things of, of when they rescue somebody, stick it on the, stick it on the cloud. Why not? Because mm. then those, the, the, those families who are waiting for news will, will, be, will be able to get it, will, will be able to get at it. There were 120 people that, that were rescued on Wednesday um, and, and I didn't even know who they were. Gosh. Gosh. Well, he's coming through those gates very soon. What's going to be happening tonight? A beer with Clive? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think a session with Clive, more likely. Absolutely, yes, yes. We're, we're, we're going to be in, in, in total celebration mood, I think. Um, the, 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 um, oh, just, just being able to be with him and, 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 and Heather to share some of their, their stuff is going to be amazing, I think. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Blimey. Uh, we were going to speak uh, to uh, Clive today, weren't we? But he's gone back to work. Can you believe he's gone that? back to work. I, I said to him on Sunday, I said, Clive, I want to talk to you live. He said, well, I'm not sure if I'm back at work. And, <laughs> and that, that was his attitude. Of, Do you know Isn't what? Funny? I, I'm back. I'm going back to work. But what he will be doing, yeah. he'll be doing lots of fundraising because he believes it's fantastic that £33 million has been raised, but he wants to raise money specifically for the people in those remote areas who had lost everything, but they still looked after him and the tourists in those areas to make sure they got home safely. That's incredible. Cracking work, Justin. Speak to you later on, mate. Thank you. Cheers.
news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. To get busy on the M25 anti clockwise around junction 19 for Watford and on the A1 southbound, the entry slip road at the M25 junction 23 for South Nims is closed at the moment because it's flooded. On the Endagnol on Ringshall Road, that's been closed in both directions between Main North Road at Dagnall and the High Street at Berkhamstead because the tree's fallen down into the road. And in, in the speed sensors on the motorways, it's looking fine at the moment on the M1 and the A1M. There's also no major delays showing up on the train departure boards. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. 08459 555 is the phone number. We'll take your phone calls after the news. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. past six with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford, urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. The notices warn that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 and 2 yesterday morning. The cause of the fire remains under investigation at this time. A man is due to appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with committing a murder in Bedford four months ago. Ian Brunner from Byron Crescent in Bedford is accused of stabbing 39-year-old John Mark Duffy in the chest. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. And the weather forecast, outbreaks of rain clearing during the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with some showers and highs of 17 Celsius. That's 63 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stuart Bingham beat Sean Murphy 18-15 to win his first Snooker World Championship. The players were tied at 15 frames all before Bingham went on to wrap up victory in a tense final at the Crucible. At 38, Bingham becomes the oldest Snooker World Champion since 1978. Unreal. At 15 all day, I thought I, my chance was gone. My arm felt like someone else's. The nerves sort of got to me, but um, we had a, a marathon 31st frame and I sort of pinched it on the colours. From then on, I sort of played pretty solid and it's just unreal. Jonathan Trott has announced his retirement from international cricket. The Warwickshire batsman came home early from the last Ashes series in Australia with a stress-related illness. However, he was selected as an opener for the recent West Indies tour where he managed only 72 runs in six innings. MK Dons have been promoted to the championship after winning 5-1 against Yeovil at Stadium MK on Sunday. Preston were beaten 1-0 at Colchester, meaning the Dons were able to snatch second place on the final day of the season. Manager Carl Robinson believes the Dons can compete in the championship. We don't want to be a number in that. We want to be a team that competes in it because but we need to spend. <coughs> we need to spend money. And if you want to compete at that level, you need to go and spend money and bring in the right players. And we've got some really young players that will grow with this football club and, and only get better. And in Division 1 Central, Barton Rovers lost 2-0 away to Bedworth United yesterday. Bedworth scored two goals in the final 10 minutes. Those are the sports headlines. I'm back with a full bulletin at 7. 
the soul, he said Then the loud sound it seemed to fight Came back like a slow voice on a wave of fight That weren't no DJ, that was Hazy Cosmic Jazz There's a starman waiting in the sky Dear listener, the man who wrote uh, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, last train to Clarksville, Valerie, and loads of other stuff is on in about ten minutes. And I was going to get my... The thing I was going to do was get my boys who love, uh, as they call it, last train to Fartsville, uh, and they love the, all of those songs, and they're always singing them. Soon as you whip out a microphone... No, I'm not doing it. Oh, guys, come on. The, the guy that wrote this song is... Oh, he wrote Hey, Hey, as they call it, Hey, Hey, Monkeys. He's... Oh, I don't want to sing. You, but you sing all the... I can't shut you up normally from singing it. You made the mistake of showing you wanted them to do Oh, man alive. If you'd have said, what I'm going to do is just leave that there. Whatever you do, don't sing the monkeys. I'm just going to go out. They'd have been all over it. So I was going to get them to sing it and, and uh, play it to him, and they, they refused to. Well, shame on you. Hey, the monkeys, the monkeys are coming over. Like they're doing, I know they're doing a gig in Birmingham on the 7th September. 
6th of September. I've heard rumours they might be doing one in London, and I've got a date. I've got. A, I've heard a date. I'm hoping it's somewhere I can take my eldest son. Oh, my goodness, that'd be brilliant. Because I would love my eldest son. This is the last chance he's going to get, right? Because they're going to die. Uh, to put it bluntly, and I would love to tell, and I've got, there is there is talk of a, a date in London, and I, I've been told, hush, hush, I'm not allowed to say, I'm hoping I can take him, because that would be awesome, and he would love it. I'm would that be I'm, his first? Yeah, uh, I'm hoping I can get permission as well, but that's by the by. Hey, speaking of kids, there's a Fawawi, now I never know how to say this, Jojo Mum and Baby. Yeah. It's like posh shop, it's nice, they do nice stuff. They it's do, posh. yeah, yeah, and it washes nice. From a mum's perspective. But I don't understand. It's called a trendy baby shop. It's not, it's not trendy. No, I think it's quite traditional. Yeah, it's not, it's not trendy. It's not like a high street... It's not a boutique. No, it's not like, you know, if you go... Tell you what is, and I don't like, uh, Mylene Class has got a range in boots, oh, uh, no, in mother care, and you can buy a black, little black dress for a baby. No. Nope. Mylene Class, I My mean, baby is not wearing leopard skin. She's, I mean, she's hot, but that's it. Well, she play the piano. Apparently she knows the chord... If you play it... Oh, really? Yeah, you um, reach a, 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 um, a physical um, expression of excitement. Apparently. Well, then she'd, she'd only need to make one CD, wouldn't she? A trendy... Ba- and this... I don't understand the outrage here. A trendy baby shop has sparked outrage for asking parents to take home their dirty nappies. Uh? How is that outrageous? Jojo Mama Bebe, a favourite with Victoria Beckham. Well, it's not as swanky as they're no, making it no, sound. What are talking about? Sells top clothes and maternity outfits and boasts of its baby-changing facilities. But a note in its 68 store states, we're no longer able to offer a nappy bin and request you take them home. Fair enough. It's like a dog bag. Where's your beef? It's in the nappy. We'll take it home. Lily Cantor, 35, spotted the sign when she was in the branch in Market Harborough. The lecturer and pregnant mum said, I think it's a cheek. Wow. It is an upmarket shop and they aren't cheap. It's not really. Jojo Mama Baby owner Laura Tennyson, MBE, said the fee for emptying the bins was 14 grand a year as dirty nappies now have to be treated like hospital waste. But she added, I'll see what we can do. What's the problem? You can't leave a dirty nappy in a shop. In most shops, you can't do it. So, you know, the fact you can whip that nappy off and put a clean one on the baby is good for the baby. And the other thing you deal with, because you deal with muckier things as a parent. Frankly. What you got in the papes? This woman, I mean, a uh, woman motorist was caught drinking from a can of Stella oh, on gosh. the motorway, but escaped to booking, right? She was tailed for 15 miles because officers stopped her for a... But off, before officers stopped her for a breath test, uh, the test put her just below the drink drive limit. The unnamed woman was then allowed to Lock drive... Her, sit down there, mate. I want to with you. ...after waiting an hour in a lay-by. And now the Mirror have done what a lot of papers have done. I'd say a bit lazy, right? Yeah. They've gone on Twitter and just nicked everyone else's quotes. Oh, guys! Sparkle. Journalism. Sparking fury on Twitter. Jill Russell posted, so you can eat on, the, you can get an on-the-spot fine for eating a Kit Kat, but not for swigging beer. Here's the thing. I saw a copper, a lady copper. I've got a real soft spot for lady coppers. Re- I, honestly, I think you girls do a brilliant job, and you're, you're. I, honestly, I think they're, I think they're sexy in the uniforms. Um, you guys are allowed to fancy firemen. Why can't I fancy lady coppers? What are you doing, mate? I can't hear you. Okay, well, well you, you can. can hear him with your face. Oh, All right, I'm just going to look at your face then. Uh, but she, I saw a lady copper driving a car eating an apple. I really wanted to arrest her. Well, she wasn't driving. And, uh, the only way I'd let her go is if she made love to me. Oh. Oh dear. She'd have to put the apple down. 
Uh, Lockers? Yeah. Are you uh, up for a little bit of... Yep. Flipping it, mate. You don't need the headphones. I'm not in the best of moods anyway today, and you're sapping the life force away. You know this story, Catherine. Do I, though? Cause yes, I don't you think do. I had a look at this no, one. No, you know I this gave one. gave it to you early. No, you know this one. It's in all the other papers. Right, Matthew. Yes. Strum kind of moron. Strum kind of moron. Strong kind of No, moron. mate! Strum. Or oh, strum. Strum. Strum kind of moron. Yeah, strum kind of moron. So, is it to do with music? Correct. I hope so. Right. Uh, Correct. Is it somebody who's lost their guitar? Um, he's not lost it. Has he tried to shove it somewhere he shouldn't have shoved it? Oh, no. Kind of. That, that escalated. They've done a comedy picture of a copper saying, do you know that's illegal, sir? And the gentleman saying, you hum it, I'll play it. Strum kind of moron. What could it be, Matthew? What could it be, Matthew? What could it be, Matthew? Matthew, what's it going to be? Catherine, do you want to tell him? I don't know. I don't. Re- I didn't read it. You did read this story. A musical motorist is being hunted by police after you have seen playing the guitar at the wheel uh, of his car. Yeah. But he wasn't just playing like a six-string guitar. You'd understand that if he's strumming along. He was playing a bass guitar. What? He had a bass guitar. Was he slapping it? Uh, I don't know. In, in the other paper, it describes the guitar and tells you how much it costs. It's wow. about five hundred. It's a five-string bass. Crikey, so Matthew, that's uh, one nil to me. I've got one more, one more. Okay, you can even it up here. Okay. Old age tension. Oh. Old age tension. Old age tension. What could it be, Matthew? What could it be? What could it what be? What could it be? Come on. Old age. So it's, is it a story involving a pensioner? <laughs> yes, mate. Right. Old age tension. The eyes are closed. He's rocking back and forth. Will the idea come? We finish at nine, mate. I had the same problem last time. It's Old quite common, I hear. Grand Stella Gillard celebrated her 90th birthday with a 15,000-foot skydive in Devon. Don't quite get what the tension has to do with the story. That's the point of this feature. Let's do one more. Catherine, you do this before the uh, life force gets sucked out of the show. Field strip. Oh. Field strip. Lockers so, you can play as well, but so, just, you know. Someone getting naked in a field? Yeah. Jeff Adam made 500 quid for charity <laughs> in North Devon by washing a tractor naked. Oh. You'd like that. Practical and ornamental. Why would you do... Why would you do... I hate people who... I. Charity. I think people that think, I know, this is going to be a, a cunning twist on this one. I'm not just going to wash the tractor, I'm going to do it in the nud. I'm going to do it in the nuddy. Hey, Matt, what have you done in the nuddy? Has it got a big one? Tractor? Oh, yeah, it's one of them Matthew Ferguson's. Out. Hey, by the way, no, actually, you're a young person, Matt. No, I'm not. Well, I no, know, but you're the youngest no. person working here. Yeah. I don't know whether you... Are you? Are no. you going to change the way you vote because of um, Russell Brand? No. I've made up my mind. I know who it is. Yeah. You know what day the voting is? It's Thursday. The thing is, May the 7th. I, my first general election when I was 18, I voted for the Natural Law Party. Because they were bouncy. Because the Beach Boys did a concert. Because uh, George Harrison threw a concert at the Royal Albert Hall and the Beach Boys came out as special guests. That's why I voted Natural Law. So you've got to be careful with these celebrity endorsements. A lot of people are pointing out, though, that because he told people not to vote, loads of them haven't registered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, it's looking busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, it's slow at Junction 21A for the, uh, the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And the A1 has also got the entry slip road closed at the M25 Junction 23 for South Mims. That's because it's flooded there. In Dagnall on Ringshaw Road, that's been closed in both directions between Main Road North and the High Street at Berkhamstead because a tree's fallen down in the road or a fence. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Bobby Hart coming soon. I'm very excited. 6.45, BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines. Stickers have been put up on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. And a Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. 08 459 455555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a muggy start out there this morning. The temperature ranging between 13 and 14 Celsius, which for quarter to seven in the morning is really quite mild. A bit of cloud, one or two quite heavy showers out there as well. Now, these showers will come and go this morning. They're blowing through on a strengthening southwesterly breeze. Now, this southwesterly breeze is going to be quite strong and really gusty, especially if you get a shower mixed in there as well. The showers become fewer and further between this afternoon. We'll get some sunny spells and a maximum temperature of 17 Celsius. So overnight, still one or two showers but eventually they'll clear very strong wind overnight keeping it rather windy and rather blustery minimum temperature though mild at seven celsius so windy again for tomorrow sunny spells blustery showers temperatures up to 14 celsius things calm down again a little as we head into thursday and that's your forecast Come on, give me a little love tonight. Stop talking, start loving, and everything will be all right. Oh, well, come on, baby, now don't be shy. You know you're the apple of my eye. Stop talking, yeah, give me a little love tonight. Oh, well, look at that moon shining, big and bright. Stop talking, start loving, and come on, hold me tight. Oh, well, all of my love I'll give to you, but if you don't stop talking, you and I do stop talking. Yeah, give me a little loving tonight Now there's a one-sided conversation driving me out of my mind Yeah, you're gonna talk to yourself right out of one good time Oh, come on, baby, it's getting late If you keep on talking, this is our last day Stop talking, yeah, give me a little loving tonight Very excited, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Bobby Hart is on the line. Morning, Bobby. Good evening, Bobby. Whatever it is over there. Hey, Ian. How you doing? I'm doing fine, man. When was the last time you heard that record? Who was that guy? Yeah, who was that young, that young child? That wasn't even Bobby Hart. That's Robert Luke Harshman. That's your proper <laughs> name, isn't it? That's right. How long ago was that? 
That was 1958. <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> You're so old. That was you because you had a, like a big before you became the big successful songwriter writing the soundtrack of my life. And thank you for that, boss. You did. You released a load of records like that, and they're all great. They're all great little rocking numbers. Yeah. Well, it took me six years to have any actual success, but I had a whole string of bombs in between. Did you? Cause, and it was six years of, um, you know, recording these songs under various different names. And let's be honest, them getting kind of nowhere. Yep. Did you at any point go, do you know what, I've had six years of this. I'm going to jack all of this in and get a proper job. I never really came to that, but I had a proper job all, all through it. I was printing record labels for other people. My friends were having hits and I was printing their labels. But I never really said no. I, I, was, said, I was said to myself, I can do this. I'm getting better all the time. Let me just keep it up. Have a good attitude. Uh, and you were, you were, you were working in a print shop. Uh, 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 by the way, the book Psychedelic Bubblegum. Uh, it's it's released over here in the UK already. I know the states have got to wait a week or so. Uh, I've finished it off, man. It's a cracking read. Really great. I'm glad you liked it. It's a great read. Did you, it must have been frustrating working in a print shop, printing up record labels for Richie Valance and people like that, yeah. and thinking, oh, but yeah, but I want my name on here. Well, what was more frustrating, I was printing the labels for Tommy Boyce, who was my friend and I've been writing songs with. He went off to New York and had hits without me, and I was printing his labels. That must have been weird. And did you, 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 you tell a brilliant story in the book about how you kind of used your um, knowledge of, of record labels to your advantage. You kind of did a bit of insider trading or something. <laughs> well, it's my record producer's idea. He said the, the, the trade magazines, Billboard magazine, would they would put... Everybody who recorded a song, if somebody had hit on it, everybody's name would go under. It was kind of a weird system. So he said, tell me when, when a record's going to be a hit, and, uh, and I'll, I'll record that on the B-side of one of my artists, and they'll be automatically on the charts. So it was kind of a goofy idea, but it would have worked. What was... I got caught. <laughs> well, you got caught, you got told off. What was the break, Bobby? Where did you go from being a struggling songwriter to go, you know... What was the first decent paycheck you got? Well, I finally got a chance to go back and join Tommy in New York, and we had our first hits back there together with Chub- Chubby Checker and Jay and the Americans come a little bit closer. But you know, you don't get those paychecks till for a year later, and you're only you're splitting a you're splitting a, a penny. In those days, you split a penny with the publisher and all the writers. So it wasn't, it wasn't like you were set for life. Because, you know, you kind of have... We have this romantic notion over here of Tim Pan Alley and the whole kind of, you know, the Brill Building and Don Kirshner and the whole New York songwriting machine in the early 60s. Yeah. Well, in your book, it sounds horrible, mate. It, it, you, you're in a horrible hotel, <laughs> it's freezing cold, and you're getting no money. <laughs> I know. Where was, where was the pleasure in it? The pleasure was the, the, the stimulation I was getting from just being there and being in that, that storied uh, block of 1650 Broadway and 1619, which was the Brill Building, and rubbing shoulders with all these people that were having success. And that, it was a real shot in the arm for me, and, uh, and our, we had our first hit there. I was, I was going to try and do the first ever interview without mentioning the monkeys to you, but, you know, it kind of, it kind of sets the scene for people, and I want to sell the book. You couldn't do it, could you? I couldn't do it. No. I couldn't do it. It, kind, it. it sets the scene for the book really well. How did you get the monkeys gig? Well, after we had those hits, then we got signed to Screen Gems, Columbia Music, and, and brought back to the West Coast to write for them, and they sent us out for a lot of uh, TV and movie projects, and that was just one of them. Uh, and you, you, I mean, uh, uh, you wrote literally the soundtrack to my life because uh, we've met and the Monkeys, as you know, the, the biggest band in my life. You wrote the Monkeys theme. 
Yeah. You wrote Last Train to Clarksville. Yeah. You wrote Valerie, which is the kind of song as a 13-year-old. I went, oh, hey, pop music can be really good. You wrote <laughs> Stepping Stone. Yeah. Uh, Stepping Stone, of course, has become like a garage band classic. I- I'm assuming you've heard the Sex Pistols version. Uh, you know, not only that, I-, I did some research when I was writing the book, and I found out there were like 28 other punk bands that recorded that song over those, over those punk years. Well, it's, it's wonderful because it's four chords and it's dead easy, but it sounds dead sophisticated. It does, yeah. And in and, and the, and the, and my part, my solo, my organ solo is four notes, but you know, it sounds cool. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Bobby, listen, I've got my friend Justin here. Morning, Justin. Morning, and morning to Bobby. What a legend. We're speaking to a rock and roll legend. You've taken this to the streets, haven't yeah, you, Justin? I have indeed. Uh, bright and early, I've been on the streets asking people to sing some of your songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, hang on, Bobby. Just Don't get too excited. Yes, yes. Yeah, calm down, Bobby. This could uh, be awful. <laughs> here's what happened on the streets. Sir, Bobby Hart is coming on the programme. Legendary songwriter. What does that mean to you? Come on. The monkeys. Come on. <laughs> let's be honest. When you hear his name, you straight away think of the monkeys. Uh-huh. Can you sing the monkeys theme for us? Would you mind on the streets oh this morning? Come on, God. you can do this. Hey. Guys, look away. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people know we monkey around. We're too busy singing to put anybody down. <laughs> you enjoyed that, didn't you? I did. Just keep going, come on, keep going. No more. This is the last train to Clarksville, and I'll meet you at the station. And I don't know more words, but I, I'm dedicated to this song. Mohammed, this is the last train to Glugsville. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Well, there you go, Bobby. Whoa. <laughs> this, this is uh, probably the most fun interview I've ever had. Well, yeah, 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 you'll regret staying up. My boys, yeah. who uh, my five- and three-year-old boys, they love your songs. They were reluctant to record stuff, but they call that song Last Train to Fartsville. So, oh, good. Yeah, That's thanks good. for that, man. Uh, and then, of course, you had... Uh, I could talk to you all morning. We've only got a few more minutes left. Uh, you, you had success yourself with as, as Boyce and Hart, with, with yeah. Tommy. It's like a, a, a pop duo. Mm, yes. Uh, what was that like? That must have been fun. Oh, well, it was kind of pandemonium from that point on in our careers. It was just uh, crazy, all the things we were doing, re- recording ourselves and others and touring and uh, everything that goes with it. But I, I wouldn't trade it in. It was a wonderful t- uh, two or three years. You got ripped off mercilessly, though, though. You came away with no money. Uh, well, not really, no. We, we had, some, we had, a, we had a, a strange thing happen at the end that actually caused the end of Boyce and Heart, but you have to read the book to... He's good. He's good. Hey, listen, man, it's it's a cracking read. It's genuinely a brilliant book. Psychedelic Bubblegum. I've no idea why it's been released over here before it's been out in the States, but your advantage, uh, UK uh, listeners. Um, i tell you another thing as well. You're, it, it's, um, it's a good rock and roll read, but you, you didn't really indulge in any of the drugs. You don't drink. You kind of you d- took a more spiritual path. Yeah, well, I, I had to, didn't I? I mean, it, would get, it got so crazy, and I realised... I had to keep my sanity, and, and people were dropping around me, you know, and uh, going down uh, that they were my friends, and I, I I didn't want to be part of that. So I took a different path, as you said, and I, I learned meditation, and I decided to, to balance my life a bit. Well, I've ordered the Yogananda book as a result of reading this, so thank you very much. Nice. Uh, yeah, nice. no, exactly, man. Thank you very much indeed. Very quickly, what was Jimi Hendrix like? Uh, he was a nice guy, and he was a gentle guy, and... Uh, and, and a sweet guy that uh, that left us much too soon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the final, final... I could talk all morning. Can we not just junk the rest of the show, Catherine, and speak to Bobby? Final question. You live next door to Harry Nielsen. Did you get to hang out with him? 
I knew Harry for a long. I knew Harry since he worked in the Bank of America on, on Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, and I've seen and I saw him at recording studio sessions mostly. A guy could sound like anybody. Yeah. Uh, tremendous talent. Bobby, it's so nice to talk to you. I know you've stayed up. We're going to finish with a bit of Helen Reddy, Keep On Singing, which you also wrote. Right. Best of luck with the book, man, and thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure for being being on, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Take care, Bobby. Thank you very much. I love that man. Psychedelic Bubblegum is the book. Forty-one-year-old me, how you doing? Very well, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade on the A1 southbound, there's a lane blocked by an accident at Hill Lane around the Sainsbury's roundabout because of an accident. In, Bagnall, in Dagnall on the Ringshaw Road, that's been closed in both directions between the main road north of Dagnall and the High Street in Berkhamstead. And the A1 southbound has the entry slip road closed at the M25 junction 23 for South Mims because it's flooded. Also on the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Justin. That Vox was brilliant. <laughs> that was brilliant. Thank you, mate. The book, Psychedelic Bubblegum, you can get it on Amazon. It's pretty groovy, man. Right, OK, uh, that's it. We are leaving the rabbit hole, dear listeners. Coming out the other side, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We ca- it's kind of an obvious question, but I- we can ask it. Is Russell Brand going to change the way you vote? I suspect. Well, I suspect that for some young people, it probably might do, actually, because, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, stickers on Watford lampposts urging Muslims not to vote. Investigation underway after fire at Milton Keynes School. And Bedfordshire firefighters stranded in Nepal returns to the UK. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. The notices warn that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. While the affected area has since been sealed off, the school itself will open today and operate as usual. Claire Woodling reports. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock yesterday morning. The fire, which started in some sheds at the rear of the school, spread to a section of the main school building. However, the majority of the damage was caused in the area where the sheds were positioned. The cause of the fire remains under investigation at this time. A man is due to appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with committing a murder in Bedford four months ago. Ian Brunner from Byron Crescent in the town is accused of stabbing 39-year-old John Mark Duffy in the chest. David Cameron and Nick Clegg are travelling the length and breadth of the UK as part of the final push by all the parties to garner votes ahead of Thursday's general election. Labour has published figures compiled by NHS Providers, the group which lobbies for NHS trusts to warn of a financial crisis in the health service in England. From Westminster, Chris Mason reports. The party says that 98 of England's 240 trusts expect to have run up deficits by next April of over £750 million between them. The Conservatives said a strong NHS needed a strong economy and Ed Miliband, propped up by the SNP, would put that at risk. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the country. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. Charities have warned that there could be a serious outbreak of disease in Nepal because the earthquake has left communities with contaminated water and poor sanitation. The Queen is due to return to London three days after the birth of her fifth great-grandchild. Buckingham Palace won't say whether she'll be meeting the new princess, who's been named Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. The England batsman Jonathan Trott has announced he's retiring from international cricket. The 34-year-old returned to the test side for the tour of the West Indies, but was dismissed for five single-figure scores in six innings. This was the reaction of the former England bowler and Lancashire coach Ashley Giles. I think any end to an international career is fairly sad, but I would prefer to look at his career with uh, very fond memories and, and very proud as well, and he should be very proud of what he's achieved for the team. And the weather forecast, outbreaks of rain, some heavy clearing northwards during the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with some showers. Highs of 17 degrees Celsius, that's 63 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news on sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Barry. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers, Russell Brands... Earthquakes, ears, divers, dirty nappies, coffee versus tea, sleepwalking, all of this and, and possibly less. We just we just don't know, guys. 
across we beds, just don't know this is bbc three counties radio i'm a bit stinky now when i get i get nervous when i interview people that i really like okay if they're connected with the monkeys particularly i get nervous so i get sweaty mm-hmm. so during that whole interview with uh, with bobby hart i was uh, sweating my um, armpits off and I can now it's it's cooled. I can smell it. Oh, good. And it's quite stinky. I look forward to joining you in there in about twenty minutes. Matt uh, Kelly would normally come and towel me down. She would. No, she wouldn't. She would, mate. No, she would. She would because she's keen to get ahead in this business. Right. Okay. Thanks very much indeed. Let's go to Philip in South Norwood. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Philip. Kelly. Um, Kelly's not here, mate. You sound like you've got a cold. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit sniffy this morning. Uh, that interview you just did with Bobby Hart, I thought was very, very good indeed. May God bless you, sir. I mean, it, even if you weren't a monkeys fan or all that, you, you know, it would have been really, really interesting. But the reason I rang Ian yes, was last night I saw an ad, a, a political advert for the election. Oh yeah. And I thought it was very well produced. Oh. And it was very good indeed. It was the Steve Coogan advert? Did you see it? The Steve Coogan advert? Is yeah. he running for, uh, for uh, Prime Minister? No, he's telling people where to put their... Uh, oh, where to I, put their cross. I'm I telling where to put his cross. He was rude to me once on live television. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, putting aside, as a produced advert, yes. it, I thought it was one of the best political adverts I think I've ever Now, seen. and this is the thing. Lots of people... I, I didn't know about the Steve Coogan thing, but lots of people saying about Russell Brand, saying, yeah. oh, well, it won't make a difference. He's, yeah. he's an idiot, and, it, well, and he may be an idiot. I met yeah. Russell Brand once. He was very, very nice to me. Very nice yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, but but, the, but people do listen to these kind of things, don't yeah. they? Well, they do. I mean, I, I think with Steve Coogan, it's a bit of an act. I mean, you, you've got these people that, um, in their act, they have an alter ego. Yes. And I think that's got something to do Steve with Coogan it. is like um, um, Peter Sellers in that even Peter Sellers didn't know who the real Peter Sellers was. No, no, I'm, I mean, you know, I mean, the only thing really I've ever seen with Steve Coogan in was the film Philomena, which I thought he was very, very good in. Is that the only thing you've seen him in? Yeah, I, I must admit, I've seen... You've not seen Alan Partridge? I've been truthful. No, I haven't. What? I've, I've seen clips. I've not seen a complete. You've show. never you seen, seen Alan Bra- Partridge? You've not seen no. Brass Eye. No, I must admit, no, that he. I mean, but I'm Philip, saying, you you totally. I nearly saw then. You totally love old television. I do. And it's I something do. you've never actually seen. You watched them um, the nineteen thirty two American television series about a horse that urinates pure magic, but I, you've never seen Alan Partridge. Never seen that. No. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Serious, serious, I mean, I think I can't watch everything, Ian. Flip it, Philip. You now you tell me my my dreams are being shattered. Philip oh, in no, South Norwood, no, 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 no. I've been. Speaking can do for 12 years says he can't watch everything. Philip's got a gaping hole in his viewing. You're the only person that's seen, um, is it Roller Coaster, the 1977 film starring Sparks? Yeah, that was an interview, wasn't it? You're the only person that's, even they've not seen it. Oh, well, they they said they didn't like it. Yeah, I know. We had a right old row. Talking about Bobby Hart, is that interview that I helped you with on Mickey Dolan's. Is that still on YouTube? Which interview? The one where you interviewed him in the studio. Oh, I... yeah, that's on YouTube, Philip. You can go and find that. Philip's not seen Alan... If you've never seen Alan Partridge, 08459 555. I cannot believe Philip, it. while you're on uh, YouTube, have a look for Alan Partridge. <laughs> have a look, watch it, because it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Have we got any texts before I crack on? Uh, oh, we, we m- did, no, we didn't, and we... have one from Shirley. Morning, Shirley. Ian. Yes? What was that name, Bobby Who? Bobby Hart, not Bobby Who, for crying out loud. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Scott, get that! A TV programme that Philip in South Norwood hasn't watched. Blimey! 
Last week, Muslims in Luton and Bedford were targeted by someone trying to convince them that voting was un-Islamic. Or stickers appeared on... By the way, if you do think that voting is un-Islamic, could you give us a call and explain that nonsense to me, please? Because I don't get it. Stickers appeared on lampposts claiming that voting for a man-made government was shirk associated with Allah. In other words, it was worshipping someone else, which is pretty much the worst thing you can do as a Muslim. Well, over the weekend, these notices made a reappearance, first in Watford, and then they started popping up in people's letterboxes. Well, Dawood Masood is founder of the anti-extremist Kuba Trust and the man who alerted us uh, to this yesterday. Morning, Dawood. Were you surprised to see these notices again? Um, not really, um, because you know, we were we were hearing news all weekend that they, they didn't work forward and they went in different places, and uh, you know they they they'll just go anyway. And uh, the hustings that that have have been taking place in Newton, two three, they've been outside causing drama over there as well, and the police had to be there in the presence, and five six of them turned up with their play cards and just say that voting is wrong and... Hang on, they turn up and... Hang on, who, tu- who turns up and plays cards? No, these uh, idiots who've been putting these stuff up, uh, uh, they've turned up to hustings in Luton, two, three hustings uh, event that took place oh, okay. on the outside and with their play cards and saying the voting is... Uh, oh, with the placards, sorry, I completely yeah. misunderstood. So, so there's, there are like four or five of these dodgepots uh, and they turn up and they go, this is wrong, voting is uh, un-Islamic. Yeah, and they put, they've been putting the... You know, they've been putting uh, letters through people's uh, letterbox and saying the voting is wrong. I'd uh, love to... I would love... I would I would love to get them on this, this show to ask them... Right, and by, you know, you, you can get a, a, attention of a few people by putting up some stickers and putting stuff through letterboxes. If that's you that's doing it, you can speak to thousands of listeners by giving us a call this morning and coming on and explaining your views. And I will give you a fair crack of the whip because I don't get it, Dawood. I don't... And you don't either, if I'm right in, in, in saying this. You don't understand how... They think this is un-Islamic. Yeah, I don't understand. When this says shirk, shirk is basically associating something with God. God has partners, or God you worship one more than one God. But I don't understand how these people get their logic uh, in this. You know, in terms of MPs, when we elect the MPs, MPs are meant to be the servants of public. They listen to the public, and the public meant to be the masters. I.e., they tell the MPs that you know. This is the views, my views. Can you speak about this in the uh, Commons? And you know, I don't understand where these people get their logic from. And we've seen in Northwest uh, London where you know, because people didn't vote, you know, they let fascist, uh, fascist um, uh, person come forward and be elected. And I think I don't understand these people. Once, one, if they don't really want to express their views, that's fine. But don't say this type of stuff or just go to somewhere else you know where you think there is an islamic state because behind the letter they did put you know there's uh, uh, the we, we believe in the system um just like islamic state no in syria and iraq and this is what these people put behind and there's you know you don't have to be a genius to guess who these people are and uh, who they are influenced by so it says on the... Because they've been posting these little letters or flyers, haven't they, through people's letterboxes. It says on the, the letter, I've not seen one, uh, we, we agree with Islamic State. 
they don't say that we agree with Islamic State, but the system that is in Islamic right. State, or um, I call it an Islamic State in, yep. uh, in Iraq yeah, and Syria, yeah. that these people say that this is what we need to believe in. Mm, However, yeah. if, they, if they look at the system, UK system, you know, it has so much facilities. And I think in, is, in Islam, most of these, uh, all of these facilities come in. And I don't know freedom of speech, whether it's, uh, you know, all this type of stuff comes in. And I don't know where these guys actually get their views from. And the Islamic State that they do people, they call people towards, is just, you know, there's nothing actually Islamic inside. It's un-Islamic. That would stay there. I want to go, I just want to bring in a call. Uh, Nassim, good morning, Nassim. Hello, good uh, good morning. What would you like to I, say, Nassim? I want to say there's a very few, maybe even one or two people doing this. And I think to even report it is unproductive. You know, I think we should actually give a voice to people who actually love this country, who support it, who care about it. I'll give you an example of what's happened in the United States. Nassim, if you're, sorry, just before you do, if your radio's on, can you turn it off and get a little bit closer to the phone? Because I'm just struggling to hear no, you a bit. No, the radio's totally off. OK. Uh, and what I'm saying is in the United States last week, they're actually giving a private money to make cartoons from a man. Nassim, can you get closer to the phone, mate? Because I'm really struggling to hear you. Um, I'm on the phone. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you now. You've gone off hands-free, yeah. Yeah. Go on. So, and, and uh, you know, last week they, they they were paying the prize money for making cartoons of Prophet Muhammad in the United yeah. States. Right. And what I'm saying is, you know, yeah, and two nut jobs went and tried to, to, to Nassim, two nut jobs went and tried to shoot them, didn't they? Yeah, and that's wrong. But what I'm saying is, if we have freedom of speech, yeah. it's got to go for everyone, not being selective. This Charlie Abdu was violent, wrong. But do you know what the joke in the irony was? One of the cartoonists from Charlie Abdo actually made a cartoon of President Sarkozy's son. Okay, just getting back to this, because I'm conf- apologize. No, yeah. no, 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 but Nassim, I don't understand. Nassim, no, Nassim, okay. Nassim, okay, right. Uh, we're going off on a tangent. I don't quite understand what that's got to do with stickers. So, are you saying we shouldn't be reporting on the fact that there are dodge pots going around saying that they. Uh, yeah, you- because it's not even worth the news. No, because no you're wrong. Two idiots. No, you're wrong. If there are idiots, then we should know about it. If there are extremists. Yeah, you know what? In, in a very same way, yeah. why can we not. You know, we talk about elections. Why can we not? debate or discuss how our political parties are funded by lobbies from elsewhere well, they're, and well, they actually tell Nassim. us how bad the other parties are and not what Na- they're actually going to do for the country. Nassim, what's that got, what, what has that got to do with this? It's completely different issues and that gets debated all the flipping time. Yeah, but you know what? There's such an unhealthy focus on a small minority of idiots that there seems to be Why is it no focus. Nassim? Nassim, Nassim, why is it unhealthy? There are dodgepots going around trying to cause trouble. Uh, and you know, they... Do you know what? Um, British people are far more sensible than, than, you know what, take these things on board. Right. I uh, think we need to give British people some common sense, you know, and integrity that they deserve. Well, exactly. We so they, but then you want to debate about fu- party political funding. Well, everyone knows that. Give them some common sense and decency, Nassim. No, I am. And these people maybe are one or two idiots who don't even deserve an airtime. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm very patriotic, I love this country, but you know what's unhealthy? The majority of the people who actually do love this country seem to have no voice. And one or two idiots who cause mischief have more 
focus than the people who actually... Let me put that to... Dow- Dowd, you, you, we shouldn't be talking about uh, uh, these, these idiots that are doing this. What, what, what do you say to that? Why do you think it's important that we do? Um, what, I, what I think is, you know, it's very clear that these people, they've been putting stuff on the lamppost. And the uh, first point I want to raise is that their recruitment, they've been working for nearly 20 years on our streets, and their, their recruitment is so bad, they've only recruited few individuals, two, three, in very small, and which gives the bad image to whole of the Luton population. And I think the poster they put on is, is a propaganda, and it's just they're trying to get their view forward. And there needs to be we need to tackle it in a way that we don't promote them. However, these people are felt uh, as a bunch of idiots, okay? They are people who are just causing problems. People need to understand that, you know, by reporting this, we're just saying that, we, you know, these unfounded views are nowhere in, in Islam. And these people, you know, we should laugh at them rather than just, you know, tackle them or debate with them. Because it's got nothing to do with our religion and in a, it's got nothing to do with Islam. But I think it's really important that we tackle it because, you know, in the future we're seeing if they do it again and again, they will have no ground. No one will listen to it. We need to raise awareness to people that what they are saying is not valuable and everyone should go out and vote on the 7th May. Nothing. Yeah, I, I actually think what's what's sad is you know. No, respo- respond to what Dawood said. No, I'm I'm re- I'm actually going to respond. What I'm saying is people should not even have to defend Islam or you know idiots like this because you know what BBC seem to have a very unhealthy appetite for focusing on Muslims. Now, what's happening... It isn't that, no, no, listen, no, no, listen, listen, what, f- focusing on Muslims in a negative way? No, in, 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 you know, putting them under the microscope all the right. time. We, well, hang what? on a second, no, hang on, hang on a second, hang on yeah. a second. Do you know what? In, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think the BBC bangs on about Muslims far too much for my own personal liking. And we never really do on this show, Nassim. If you're a regular listener, we never really no, do. I, I, we never, I, I, we never go for I'm the easy. No, I know, and I kind of agree with you. Uh, uh, we never go on this show, and I can only really speak for this show. We yeah, never go I, for the. Not, uh, Nassim, no, and I appreciate what you're yeah, saying. We if, never if go for the easy, lazy uh, uh, Muslim phone-in. Okay, and we could every day we could come in and do a phone-in about Muslims. Yeah. It's easy and it's lazy and it's divisive. Uh, 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 and yeah, the BBC probably does do. You, you might be right there with your criticism of the BBC. We, we, we but this is an important. But this is an important story, though. This isn't. But and we do. It, you're right. You said it there. We need to unite this country. And these stickers and these uh, these flyers, they don't. They're divisive. So it, we need to take the power out of them it, and the people that do them. No, no. Do you know what? They're a bunch of idiots who are not yeah. even worth the airtime. Beautiful. So no, but they are worth the airtime because they're a bunch of idiots. That's the thing. By and, exposing and them can, as a bunch can, of idiots, we give, take their power I, away from them. Can I, can I give you a prime example? You know, I was on uh, uh, BBC Three Counties some time ago, a few months ago. Fantastic. And I complained, I complained to BBC about this when the editor was actually telling me not to mention the word Israel or Jewish extremists. No, well, uh, Nassim, you know, Nassim, well, Nassim, 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 I've got no, 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 Nassim. I'm going to stop you there because that's unfair on me because I've got literally no idea what you're talking about. I would no, be, well, I, I would be know, very. I no, Nassim, I don't, Nassim, this. I don't care. That's between you and them. It's nothing to do with me. Uh, you wouldn't have spoken to the editor. I'd be very surprised if you spoke to the editor. Possibly well, a producer. Well, put me on the phone some time ago. Well, see, and, you, and, Nassim, Nassim, Nassim. Yeah. I'm not talking about that, mate, because I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I've got that's a okay. different show. Nothing to do no, with me. That's, uh, that, that, that's fair. 
I apologise. So, no, no, and that's fine. But listen, I, that's when you it. actually can't get your voice across when you actually love this country. Okay, right. That's, okay, we're, we're going around in circles now, Sam. And I feel that we've. Um, I can't take criticism on this show. I can take the BBC in general. I can kind of feel a specific show. I I've got no idea what you're talking about, mate. Um, but surely it's important, isn't it, that we shine the light on these idiots so that we realise that they are dumb, powerless... Um, well, again, I nearly swore. Uh, Nassim, thank you for your call. Dawood uh, Massoud, founder of the anti-extremist Kuba Trust. I'd agree, I do think the BBC bangs on about Muslims far too much. And for, for most times, for me, BBC and LBC, uh, it, it's an instant switch-off, generally. Uh, we very rarely do it on this show. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade on the A1, there's a lane blocked southbound at Hill Lane at the Sainsbury's roundabout because of an accident. In Dagnall on Ringshaw Road, that's been closed in both directions between Dagnall at the main road north and the high street in Berkhamstead. And on the A1 southbound, the entry slip road is still closed at the M25 at South Mims because of flooding. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 22 for St Albans to 19 for Watford. And it's also looking slow on the M1 southbound through Junction 12 for Flittick. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.20. Thank you for waiting as well, Sam. It's appreciated. Uh, it is Tuesday, the 5th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford, urging Muslims not to vote just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. And a man is due to appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with committing a murder in Bedford four months ago. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The thing is, as well, uh, being the BBC, we, it's funny, because I, I made up from Nassim there, he was accusing us of being perhaps a little bit too critical of uh, Islam, whereas everybody else says that BBC kisses up to is, Islam. So, what you going to do? You can't win. You can't win, Justin. You what are you gonna never. Dull? <laughs> you're what never you going to do? You're never going to win that one. Because if you go onto the streets, you'll just get one yeah. opinion, yeah. somebody else, another opinion. No matter what you do, you cannot please everyone. And we very, very rarely do it on this show, you know. Mm. We very rarely do it. Because I do think it's on, you know. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, mm. anyway. It was Justin. interesting, though. It was good. It was good. It was good. Oh, it's great. It was, it, was, it was very interesting. Thank you for... Oh, and, and may God bless you, Justin, for that Vox earlier this morning. It, you, you made me laugh so much. And on I think monkeys, Bo- yes. I think Bobby enjoyed it as well, but yeah. that's that's going to make the podcast, so don't you worry. Now, excellent. here's a story. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. What earthquake? That earthquake. Mm. Uh, over 7,000 people have died, and I think it's going to be way over that. Uh, well, Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley. Sounds idyllic, but they got caught up in the disaster. You went to uh, Heathrow at the week- weekend to uh, to meet Clive. It was all, uh, it was all very 
very emotional, wasn't it, It just? was indeed. Um, they, they were rescued by helicopter on Thursday. Only uh, after he phoned up his brother-in-law to yeah. say, can you get us a helicopter, please? I mean, it was just incredible <laughs> because the family, um, they didn't know what was going on, yeah. of course. They got the initial phone call on the Saturday, the day it happened, but then they didn't hear from them for three days. Um, so, again, they got worried, uh, but thankfully that helicopter rescued them on Thursday. They arrived back safely at Heathrow Airport, 7.30 Sunday morning. I was there with the family. Uh, Clive and Heather, they live in Shefford in Bedfordshire, but the majority of their family are from Yorkshire. So they all travelled down, they had the banners. It was very, very emotional. When they walked through the arrival doors, there were tears, there were hugs, and I think this sums up the emotion for me uh, and what the family have been through. Here is a clip of Nigel Bell, who is Clive's brother-in-law. Nigel, can I just ask, um, yeah, yeah. you said to me before, you didn't think you were going to see Clive again. There he is in front of you. Know, can you try and describe how you feel? Just, just absolutely amazed. Quite amazed, because uh, I didn't think I'd see him again. Um, and, and there he is. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm so elated. Absolutely fantastic feeling, just to see him. And to, In a minute, I'm going to touch him. And, and that's, that, that, it, it sounds a bit crazy, this, but I just want to... I, I Make sure that he's still alive, you know. Why don't you go and touch him now and then come back? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Cheers, Justin. There you go. You see, it is. Mm. It's, 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 you know. But heaven forbid that we ever end up in a situation like that. But yeah, um, very wow. powerful. I mean, I, I almost felt like I knew Clive, even though I'd never met him before. All the family had been talking about him. What a great person he was, and Heather as well. And and we're all there waiting. Uh, we then let Clive have a, a well-earned coffee. So we sat down for for half an hour or so, and we then spoke about his experience in Nepal. He feels in incredibly lucky to still be alive. Here's what happened when we spoke. Clive, um, you've seen your family. Um, Very, very emotional. Tell us where you were when the earthquake struck and and tell us what you saw and what you heard. Yeah, we were in Bridim, um, which is a village in the opposite valley next to Langtang, which really took the the main impact. Um, Basically sat outside having a cup of tea outside the lodge. We felt a tremor. Um, and just thought that's what it was going to be and then it just continued on where the whole like, earth just started just moving there, was, there started to be rock falls around the valley um, across the valley was landslides uh, some of the properties in the village started to collapse or partially collapse uh, part of the house uh, that my uh, Nepalese friend owns started to collapse um, there was people in there there was an Australian and an American uh, they managed to get out we screamed for them to get out we then all moved away from the, the building and, it, and the earthquake continued. Um, um, yeah, very, very frightening. And uh, I've seen it on telly, but when you actually experience it, it's as if you, you think, where am I going to go? Because there's nowhere to go. Um, we were very aware of any rocks, whether they were going to move. So we then mo- moved from the lodge down, because uh, it's steps kind of fields where they grow potatoes and what have you. And we managed to evacuate to there. And in most of the villages from Bridium evacuated the uh, their houses and again came down to the lower ground and we set up tents and we stayed there for like a couple of days but for at least 24 hours there was lots of aftershocks your family tell me so many great things about you um you want to fundraise now 33 million pounds has been raised so far you want to raise as much money as you can to help the people who have helped you exactly yeah because the, the the people that helped us have lost a lot of them have lost everything, yet they fed us, they, they put us up in shelters and didn't ask for any money. So 
the problem you've got with any national money sent to like Nepal is is it going to get to the, the right people yeah. what I want to do now is to and various other people from all over the world who are with us they want to raise money personally to make sure it goes to those people that have helped yeah. us and whose lives have been obviously devastated by the, the earthquake in Nepal. Yeah. Well, I can assure you, we're fully behind you. Um, your family have been here since 6.30 this morning. <laughs> I can't describe how they've been for the last few hours waiting for you. Um, such a relief to get you home. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. Oh. Cheers. You, you say that, mate. I mean, you say that. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed in Clive. Why? He was supposed to talk to us today. He's blown us out. Well, <laughs> what a slacker. <laughs> Do you know what why? a slacker. <laughs> Incredibly. And, and this is the, the unbelievable thing. For those that missed it, go back on the iPlayer. But um, we played a, a voicemail clip earlier on of Clive ordering a helicopter uh, through his brother-in-law to, to hopefully get him out safely. Um, just so calm. And the reason he's so calm is because he's a fire fighter and today now bearing in mind it took uh, over a week to get him home he arrived back sunday morning he's back at work today yeah. so we can't talk to us yeah slack five minutes on the phone <laughs> that's all just to say hey. there will be a video of that as well later on on our facebook page what just seeing the, the, the family's faces it was very very emotional i'm teasing clive of course i wouldn't want to disify a, a fireman because uh, they're very rugged and mm. you you never want to disify them i don't understand nope. why people disify men and fire women because you never know when you're going to be on the top floor of a burning building yeah, exactly. and uh, a face comes up the ladder and it goes oh no hang on you were slagging us off yeah. <laughs> I'm back. See you later. I had that once on the 11 o'clock show we um, uh, the TV show I did years and years ago we uh, were making it, the, the comments it was about a nurses strike and mm. the, the comments were being we were in favour of the nurses but we were being sarcastic about the nurses and I, th- nurses, and I think we had a cap- picture of a nurse and it said something like lazy slacker or something right yeah. and it was ironic okay uh, but then I had to go and have, I was really ill, and I had to go and have an injection in my bum. And as the guy's about to put the needle in, he says, you, uh, you had a picture of me on your TV show, and you called me a lazy slacker. It was that guy. What are the chances of that? And he, he jabbed that needle in hard, mate. I was going to say, I, was gonna, I presume it was very painful. But then again, you, you probably deserved it. <laughs> I probably did. Justin. Mm. Coffee versus tea, mate. Oh, coffee every time. Yeah, I used I to know. be a tea boy. Well, I know, I know, and that's a hint, Matt. Uh, coffee, because we used to be a nation of tea drinkers. I don't. My wife brought me. Oh, you, are you doing around, mate? Good lad. Hey. Good boy. Well done, mate. Well done. Good well, fair. Good fair. My wife. I was so disappointed. My wife brought me a hot drink the other day. I was so disappointed to find it was a cup of tea. Yeah, I know. And I didn't. I thought, oh dear, and I didn't drink it. Mm-hmm. But oh, we. He's gone without my cup. Yeah, you can take the hint. Uh, we, we used to be a nation of tea drink. When was the last time anyone? No one goes out for a cup of tea. No. Should we go out for a cup of tea? It's always. Should we go out for a cough? Yeah, very un-British. There's a drive-through Costa now at Bedford. Oh a, a yeah. yeah. Can you imagine so driving naughty. through for a cup of tea? Yeah, I know. The, the ritual of getting the teas in the office is dying out. Yes. Nearly half of workers now prefer cappuccinos or lattes, frothy coffees, from the local coffee shop, and only one in three workplaces has a kettle for staff to make a brew. Let me just put it out there. I think that is disgusting. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm one of those people, 10 years ago, if you said to me, you're going to be a coffee lover yeah, yeah. and you're going to be paying three and a half pounds for a cup of coffee somewhere, I would have laughed at you, slapped you around the face and moved on. Yeah. Now, that's exactly what I'm doing. Can you take it to the streets, Just? Of course I will. God bless you, sir. Speak to you later. Thank you. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the A1 southbound, the entry slip road at the M25 junction 23 for South Mims is still closed because it's flooded. On the A1 southbound at Biggleswade, that's got a lane blocked, but the hill lane at the Sainsbury's roundabout because of an accident. And in Dagnall, Ringshall Road is still closed in both directions between Main Road North at Dagnall and the High Street at Berkhamstead because a tree's fallen into the road, but the highways agency are on the scene. On the motorways, the M1 is looking very slow southbound between junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. And on the train departure boards, the 740 service from Luton to Sevenoaks is delayed. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Past seven with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Bedford and Luton. The notices warn that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock yesterday morning. The cause of the fire remains under investigation at this time. Party leaders are hitting the road for the final part of the election campaign. David Cameron is beginning 36 hours of campaigning. Nick Clegg is starting what he's calling a two-day dash from Land's End to John O'Groats. Ed Miliband is also travelling the country. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the country. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. And the Queen is due to return to London three days after the birth of her fifth great-grandchild. Buckingham Palace won't say whether she'll be meeting the new princess, who's been named Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. And the weather forecast, outbreaks of rain clearing through the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with some showers. Highs of 17 Celsius, that's 63 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stuart Bingham beat Sean Murphy 18 frames to 15 in the final of the Snooker World Championship to take the title for the first time. Bingham won an epic 64-minute frame at 15-all on the way to victory. Afterwards, Murphy, a former winner of the tournament, paid tribute to Bingham. Sometimes, you know, in sport, people are meant to win things. And the way Stuart is, he's a massive fan of the game, loves snooker more than life itself. He fully deserves to win this tournament and um, although I'm disappointed to lose myself, I'm very, very happy for him and his family. Jonathan Trot has announced his retirement from international cricket. The Warwickshire batsman came home early from the last Ashes series in Australia with a stress-related illness. However, he was selected as an opener for the recent West Indies tour where he managed only 72 runs in six innings. MK Dons have been promoted to the Championship after winning 5-1 against Yeovil at Stadium MK on Sunday. Preston were beaten 1-0 at Colchester, meaning the Dons were able to snatch second place on the final day of the season. Manager Carl Robinson believes the Dons can compete in Championship. We don't want to be a number in that. We want to be a team that competes in it. Because, but we need to spend. <coughs> we need to spend money. And if you want to compete at that level, you need to go and spend money and bring in the right players. And we've got some really young players that will grow with this football club and, and only get better. 
And in Division 1 Central, Barton Rovers lost 2-0 away to Bedworth United yesterday. Bedworth scored two goals in the final 10 minutes. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'm back with a full bulletin at 8. Never did too well at school, but I learned all I need to know. Like how to change a tyre and clean myself from head to toe. But some knowledge has eluded me and one puzzle still remains. What on earth is the mystery of Abbas Langley Fire Brigade? Go missing one day or did a dog get stuck up a tree? Did a ghost one night go down their pole? Pray tell because he's torturing me. Tell us the secret, let the cat out of bag because the puzzle still remains. What on earth is the mystery of Abbas Langley Fire, Abbas Langley Fire? of that song, the inspiration of a generation coming at you. Good morning, Billy. Good morning, sir. How you doing, fella? You're still with us? That's always a good oh, sign. Oh, yes, yes, I'm here. Good for you. You're <laughs> every morning you brighten my day. Well, you're very, very kind. And every time uh, we speak to you, Billy, uh, my, my day gets a little bit sunnier. Oh. Hey, what's the weather like out there today, Billy? I've not well, had a look. A bit cloudy and yeah. uh, drizzly. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it, hey, wasn't it nice yesterday? Oh, brilliant! Bank, yeah. I couldn't believe it was a bank holiday Monday. We were at a, a, a May fete. We had face painting, a bouncy castle, and the kids had fun as well. Oh well, that's great. Yes. What have you called in for, Bill? Yes. 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 What did you say? What have you? Oh yeah. What have you called in for, Bill? I, I just, uh, uh, well, uh, so many people have wished me happy uh, birthday uh, that I don't, <clears throat> I don't even know uh, oh. lots of them. Oh, hang on, so, we know, are, you, are you phoning up to tell us to wish you a happy birthday? Well, wish me one and also thank so many people uh, f- for wishing me one. Who, uh, is anyone giving you one? Giving me one? Well, I, I had a lovely party at the White Horse, uh, where I go. So when is your... Hang on a minute, I'm confused, Bill. That How, when, was Sunday. Yeah, right, so when is your birthday? It was last Sunday, I was 95. Oh, mate, we we missed it, and you know it's bad luck to wish someone happy birthday after the birthday. We'll have to wait until next year. Oh, I can't wait all that long. <laughs> hang on a second, hang on a second. Matt? Yeah? We wish wish Billy a happy birthday on on behalf of yourself and, and us. Right. We wish you a happy birthday. We wish you a happy birthday. We wish you a happy birthday and a happy new year. Second verse. Oh. Hang on, second verse. Good tidings we bring to you and your king. We wish you a happy birthday and a happy new year. Third verse. How are you going to fit Figgy Pudding into this? I'm just going to say it. We all want some figgy pudding. We all want some figgy pudding. We all want some figgy pudding. So Brenda's right here. Okay. I'm really sorry, Billy. That's the best week. We're only local radio. It's the best we can do. That's that's brilliant. That that thanks very much. The the dulcet tone of that gent who just sang my happy birthday. That's made my day. Would you like to hear? Shall I play a funny clip for you, Billy? Yes. Here we go. 
they actually drove across the green when the kids were coming back from school and nearly knocked women over with toddlers and it got that bad my husband went after them on his own motorbike and pulled them off that's for you Billy well done take care mate yeah bye for now ta-ta why were you singing the Christmas song to him mate what there's a song there? written for specifically for that situation, and you say the you Christmas song. Did you forget and just committed to it, or I, I, I forgot how to sing Happy Birthday, and I committed to Happy New Year. Well, this one called that. Did a remix, man. So he's, you know, Happy Birthday plus a Happy New Year. So he didn't need to ring back now until I've, uh, I've got to. Can you two keep talking? I've got to write something on the board. I've thought of something to right. do in the first hour right, tomorrow. Yeah, well, there you go. So, uh, yeah. so Matt, talk to me about the thought process. I mean, lack of thought process there. What? How on earth can anyone forget? Happy birthday. I know, it's a simple song. But, you know, the fact that I put in New Year as well, well yeah, that means that it won't now call until 2016. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. You'll forget. <laughs> You'll forget in between. How old is he again? 95. 95. My grandma's That might be the last happy birthday song he ever hears, and you muffed it up. Well, it was unique, wasn't it? Though? It was certainly unique. It was Guys, a unique song. I've got a great idea for the first hour of tomorrow's show. Genuinely brilliant. Mm. Is it inspired by me? Uh, <laughs> no, it's inspired by me. I've actually inspired myself Yourself. to do something great. God. But I can't say what it is. I can see what it is. What does it say? You can, can I say what it we is? We can say what it is, but we won't. We can say the name of it, but we won't say what it is. All-star request hour. Tomorrow morning between six and seven, we're having an all-star request hour. Brilliant. It's actually brilliant. If you don't listen, uh, then you're a loser. I think I know what it is. Is it...? That, well, hang on a minute. Let me just play this and you uh, say it in my ear. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three yep. Counties Radio. Yeah, I think, you got it? I think in radio parlance, that's got legs. That's a good one, isn't it? You want to listen between six and... Uh, do you get it, Matt? Yeah. Okie dokie, thank you. Ian got a clue. Ian got... He literally ain't got a clue, has he? Literally down the way I am today. You're into your gardening at the moment, Catherine. Well, no, I'm I'm funneling a lot of frustration into the garden. It's not quite the same. Well, are you involving sex and death? Death, yes. Everything I plant dies. Sex, not so much. You want a good garden? Uh, is Billy? Billy, are you still there? Oh no, he's gone. Okay, good. You want a good garden? You've got to incorporate sex and death. When planning the perfect garden, you think your watchwords would be water, sunshine, and luck. But if you really want your pride and joy to make the neighbours swoon with envy, your mantra needs to be sex and death, sex and death, sex and death, right. sex and death. Go on. That's the end of the story. I mean, the neighbours will already be talking. Our, our gardens are quite close together. If they hear me muttering sex and death, I'm definitely going to be on a list, aren't I? Hey, it was Scott's birthday on Sunday as well. Was it? <laughs> I, know, I know a song about that. <laughs> don't, don't. How, how does that song actually go, Happy Birthday? Oh, for I'm crying out loud, my three-year-old knows it. I've actually totally forgot that. Just make it... How do you think that song goes? No, I've just got it in my head now. That it's, we wish you a happy birthday. That'll do, mate. We wish you a happy I birthday. I can't wait to the next birthday party you go to. Everyone starts singing, and then one by one they stop, and they turn and look at you. <laughs> What's wrong, guys? We all want some figgy pudding. We all want some figgy... Do you know what? I could murder a bit of figgy pudding right now, actually. What is figgy pudding? Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding. Oh, Christmas right, yeah, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute plum. I could have... I could no, but it. it should say Christmas pudding, then. Why is it figgy pudding? Because it's called figgy pudding. Why are you singing the... Christmas song to an old man's birthday. He's 95. He probably, let's be honest, probably the last one, mate, and you've ruined it. You've ruined an old man's potentially last birthday. Are you proud of yourself? Also, that song is only appropriate as a Christmas birthday for right. one particular special baby. And Jesus! Like, and that was not appropriate singing this, that old fella. <laughs> 
Experts say I'm a bit chesty this morning. You gonna don't hoik one up. Mics are off. I'm so, you don't have to listen to that. He's hoiking one up. God. <laughs> Did you swallow? I'm gonna have to send a whip in after that. Experts say these buzzwords, sex and death, not hoiking one up. Where's water? Where's water? In tap. Oh, it's outside. Wait a minute. It's outside in puddle. Mark, can I borrow a boot to get glass of water? Go to it well. Glass? We've not had glass since 1856. We only had one glass. And your father's ashes are in it. <laughs> We're not in here, mate. Where are you going? Is that, is that water? Yeah, that's been there for a month. Don't drink that. Look, there's a tap oh, out nice. there. Jeez, you actually disgust me. Tell from Yorkshire. Recycling water. Experts say buzzwords. Well, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let, 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 let it, it mellow. mellow. Those are the words of uh, Ken Livingston. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Uh, well, I wonder why he didn't get voted in again. A bit of politics. Careful. Only eight years out of date. That's all I can do at the moment. This is a topic. I forgot I have to do my Ed Miliband. I was doing a cracking Ed Miliband impression yesterday. I can't do it now. Uh, experts say sex and death could help you spruce up your garden into one worthy of the Chelsea Flower Show. Don't do them in the wrong Award-winning garden designers Anne-Marie Powell and James Alexander Sinclair. That's six names between two people. Greedy. That's just greedy have revealed their top tips for green-fingered magic in the latest edition of the Radio Times. The Radio Times that back in the day, every employee of the BBC used to get it for free. Now, you want it, you've got to pay for it. I don't want it. I just have to guess what's on the telly. Uh, RHS judge, Mr Alexander Sinclair, wrote, Gardens are about sex, death and deliciousness. Oh. The sex bit is how the plant attracts the bees, which pollinate it, and then the garden grows. Eventually, everything dies. All right, mate, thanks. Here's the thing. You know we were talking about sex last the other week? Just the other week? Just the other week. Mm. Um, the, the on-air conversation we had about sex. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And the fellow said, well, that we should teach them with animals. I don't get the birds and the bees. Oh, it's about, um, you know, like this big stick bit in a plant, and, yeah. then the, and, then the bird, and the bee just, like, hovers around it, and then the pollen comes off its um, leg pads. Yeah, but that's that's basically surrogacy. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. That's surrogacy or sperm donation. Mm. That's not proper babies. That's not a proper babies. Oh, Elton John will be on my case. But you know what I mean, though, proper ones. The flowers are using a go-between, aren't they? In it, though. In it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, the entry slip road is still closed at the M25 junction 23 for South Mims because of flooding at the roundabout. In Biggleswade, the A1 southbound has a lane blocked at Hill Lane at the Sainsbury's roundabout. And in Dagnall, on Ringshall Road, that's still closed in both directions between Main Road north at Dagnall and the High Street in Berkhamstead. On the motorways, the A1M is looking slow southbound between junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And it's also busy on the M11 southbound past junction 8 for Bishop Stortford. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three County. Thank you, Sammy. 7.45. It is uh, Wednesday, the 5th of May. I mean, late Tuesday. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put up on lampposts in Watford, urging Muslims not to vote just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. And police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It is quite a mild start to the day. We had a lot of rain overnight. It's left things feeling quite muggy this morning. We're already at around 14 Celsius outside across all three counties. We've seen some fairly pokey showers this morning already. Um, not so much in the way of thunder yet, but it is possible. Now, these showers can pop up anywhere throughout the course of the day, becoming fewer, though, this afternoon. And we're seeing some sunny spells as well. So it's a real mixture. The one thing we're noting is the strong southwesterly breeze. Not so strong at the moment, but but it's developing through the day. It's going to become very gusty and very strong. Maximum temperature later up to 17 Celsius. Overnight, we hang on to one or two showers and the breeze as well. That breeze doesn't drop out at all. Minimum temperature 7 Celsius. A breezy Wednesday, really quite windy for the time of year. Blustery showers throughout the course of the day. Sunny spells a bit cooler tomorrow with a maximum of 14 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, now we've been following the story of 96-year-old war veteran Robbie Clark, who's been battling to spend the time he has left in his ho- own home. Brent Council refused to pay for 24-hour care, but they now say they've come up with a solution which involves recouping money from the sale of his flat when he dies. Well, Robbie's son, uh, Mike Clark, from Harpenden, is on the line. Morning, Mike. Uh, good morning, Gillian. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you very much. So uh, this is the, the whole problem is solved now, is it? Uh, far from it, Ian, I'm afraid. Go on, tell me why. Um, well, we delivered, if you remember, we spoke when my dad and I were delivering the petition on St George's Day on the 23rd of April. And how many, just remind us how many names were on that petition? Uh, 187,000 were on that petition. Yep. And uh, so we delivered it to Brent Council. Uh, unfortunately, the person we wanted to deliver it to wasn't available, the CEO. Uh, so we delivered it to the uh, head of adult social services. And um, there were loads of uh, PR people from Brent Council hanging around as we were delivering it. And um, my dad and I and my wife had a very quick meeting with um, the Director of Adult Social Services. And, um, Phil, have you, uh, Mike, spoke... sorry, have you, Mike, have you got your radio on or something? No, I haven't, no. We're getting, no. A, weird, we're getting a weird feedback. I don't know what that is. Go on, then. No, um, yeah, so we, uh, we had a 20-minute uh, meeting with the uh, Director of Adult Social Services and uh, came away from that, um, you know, with still matters to be resolved. Uh, but when we got home about an hour later, we noticed that a press release had been issued by Brent Council, um, unbeknown to us, without our consent, saying the matter had been resolved, as he said. So what is the deal that they've come up with, though? They're gonna, is, have I got this right? They're going to pay for the care for your dad to stay at home, but then when your dad passes, you sell the flat and they'll take the money that they've spent out of the, the, the sale of the, the, the home. Is that right? Well, that's what they've talked about. We haven't had any details of that ourselves. So uh, it's called a deferred payment agreement. But yeah. uh, as far as I'm aware, that only applies to people going into residential care. And they don't then have to sell their house or their, their flat until they, uh, until they die to pay for their care. If, so it wouldn't, it if, wouldn't apply in my dad's case. If the deferred payment 
with your dad being able to stay in his house for the rest of his life and the, the payment uh, for that care being taken off the sale of the house, the deferred payment, if that was the case, would you be happy with that? Um, no, not to begin with, because uh, what we really need is the right uh, budget put in place for my dad's care. Uh, the council hasn't done that. They haven't properly assessed my dad's needs. And we need the correct um, personal payment, really, in, which is what I've been fighting for for the last two years. But you do understand, don't you, that, 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 that um, people paying for their own care is what happens. You know, that people do have to do that. And, and if it gets taken out of the, the, the sale of the property, that's kind of standard procedure, isn't it? Yeah, it is. My dad's paid £50,000 yeah. towards care, and uh, he's not uh, reluctant to pay anything else. He has got some pension income, state pension income, which he would obviously pay towards it. Um, but, but the difference between what the council is currently offering and what my dad's uh, income is, is it's only a small amount of money, really, and it just needs properly, uh, properly assessed. OK. I'm, I'm just, just to clarify, though, if, if, if it was a deferred payment on the property, why, why would that be a problem? Because it only applies to people going into residential care. But so supposing they made it work? Supposing they made it work in this situation? Would that be OK? Uh, well, well, also, the way that my dad's house and is owned actually makes it more complicated as well. There's some legal uh, arrangements around the ownership of his house. So um, I it probably wouldn't apply in his case. Hang on a minute. Stay there. Let me, uh, let me just stay there, Mike. Let's speak to Phil Porter, who is the Director of Adult Social Care at Brent Council. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Phil, so what's, what's, what's happening? What's the situation as far as you see it? Uh, well, it's similar to what Mike said. Uh, we had a quick conversation after we came in. It was very, very good to meet his father. Um, we've got three things going on at the moment. As he said, a reassessment of his needs and how much money the council can give him, which started before all this uh, media interest started. Secondly, I think the point that hasn't been made is a, a reassessment of his father's financial position, which is really important because um, in, in the papers it's been said that he's running out of money and if that's the case then we really do need to look at that very quickly. And thirdly, if there's still a gap between what we can pay and what um, Mr Clark wants to pay, then this deferred payment is, is an option. So you, let, let me get this right, you would, you would be happy, Phil... Uh, for um, uh, Mr Clark to stay in his home, because that's the thing, he doesn't want to move into a care home, for him to stay in his home, you would provide the extra care that that required, um, at, uh, at no extra charge to Mr Clark, and then you would take that charge once he passes and the property is sold? That's what we're proposing, yes, definitely. All right, stay there. Mike, it sounds like that's what he's proposing. Well, we haven't had any details of that, and as far as I'm aware, it doesn't apply in my dad's case. He's saying it would apply. Well, I don't see how it can, because... Hang on a minute, let me ask him. Phil, Mike is saying that he doesn't see how that would apply. Can you explain it to him, please? Yeah. Um, in the Care Act kind of made provision for people in, who move into residential care to get a deferred payment. We think that Brent Case have looked at the case, and I think this case has, you know, challenged us to think differently. Yep. Um, and we've said, well, you know, when, when is it most important not to have to sell your house? It's when you want to live in it. And so, therefore, we want to take the proposal much further or further than is currently proposed. What, so further than what we have to do into what we think we ought to do. So you're saying, and I'm just, I just want to get this clear, because obviously this is, this is very emotive, Phil. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the situation where my mum's moved into care, and it, it, it's hard work to kind of, you know, get your head around all of this. You're saying that you do not foresee a problem with uh, Mr Clark staying in his home and the extra care he requires being provided for by you and that payment being made after he passes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Phil, stay there. Mike. 
Yeah, well, again, we haven't seen any of that detail. And I, I think uh, the two reasons I'm saying we need to look at it further would be, first of all, we need a proper budget for my dad. Yeah, uh, yeah they're going to look at his needs. They're going to reassess his needs and reassess his finances. Yeah, which they haven't done yet. But they're so going to do it. OK, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is to see whether actually a deferred payment agreement is suitable for my dad's uh, situation. Well, he's, he, 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 Phil has said they're going to reassess your dad's needs reassess the, his financial situation uh, and that he does not see a problem with a deferred payment in this situation and that they're going to do everything that they can to make sure that happens. Well, my dad doesn't qualify for a deferred payment. No, 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 no. Two, two out of the three uh, why, why doesn't he qualify? Well, because he's not moving into residential. Phil says and, that's not a problem. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, l- let me just check one more time, and uh, it's weird doing this, but I know this is what we agreed to. Uh, Phil, d- d- Mike is concerned, as you may have heard there. Could you tell your mum this? No, you tell her. Phil is, uh, Mike is concerned that um, because Dad isn't going into a home, the deferred payment scheme wouldn't apply to him. Can you put his mind at ease, Phil? Well, I hope so, and I've, I've tried to do this in writing a couple of times. I, I understand his concern, yep. but... Brent Council has said, you know, in, in numerous times in writing, but also on, on air a couple number of times, I've done it, that this is absolutely what we're committed to. We think this is the right thing Brilliant. to do to help Mr Clark to stay at home. Uh, Mike, they're, they're going to do it, it sounds like, and I've got, you know, it's the first time I've spoken to Mr Porter, I, I've got no reason to doubt him, I know you've had more dealings. It sounds like he's going to do everything he can to make sure that Dad stays at home, including making sure the deferred payment scheme works for him in that way. OK, well, we'll wait and see. OK. For the last two years. So we're right OK, well, hey, listen, maybe it's because you're talking to us, maybe it's the petition, who knows? Let's, let's, let's forget, forget, let's put to one side what's happened in the past and let's focus on this, because we all want the best for your dad, of course we do. Uh, and of obviously course. you want it more than anyone else, and I, you know, and I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and telling your dad's story. Let's give Mr Porter the chance to, to, to live up to... He said it on the radio now, he said it on the BBC, for crying out loud. Let's give him the chance to see... Hang on a second. Phil, how long do you reckon this whole thing would take? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not absolutely sure. I think um, we've, we've offered it at the financial assessment right away. We're in the midst of cl- uh, finalising the re- revised assessment. Brilliant. Um, the third payment, I, it could take a couple of months. Brilliant. But, um, obviously, that would be backdated if, if Mr Clark wanted to get involved. Excellent. Excellent. Mike, listen, I think we, we give him... You have to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one and forget what may have happened in the past... Uh, and, 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 you know, we can now hold Mr Porter to account because he's come on this show and said it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I've got an advocate now, a volunteer advocate working with Mr Porter, so we'll see what happens. OK, listen, Mike, I can understand your frustration. Of course I can. I've, you know, I've been in similar situations, nothing quite as extreme as this. Keep in touch. Let us know how things go. We will, yeah. Thanks very much, Ian. Thank M- you. Mike, thank you, and as always, send love to your dad from us, won't you? I will do, Ian. Thanks very Mike, much. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Phil, listen, maybe we can speak to you in a few weeks or so when things have started to move on again, if, if that's all right with you. Yes, absolutely, no problem. I really appreciate your time and your patience on this, Phil. Thank you very much indeed. Phil Porter, Director of Adult Social Care at Brent Council. It's a tense time. It's a tense time. I'm, You know, when my mum uh, moved into a home and... Tempers flare up. Mm-hmm. I lost my temper with with some people, rightfully so, with one woman who was a, absolutely bloody useless. Uh, but with you know, tempers flare up, and it's, you just want the best for your parents. That's and all that Mike's after. I imagine you end up telling the same story to person mm-hmm. after person after person. You can't yep. understand why they can't yep. just pass messages on or, yep. or take a note and then you just explain it the once. But 
It's not that individual person's fault, is it? And the deferred payment scheme isn't ideal. It's the best that we've got. And you know what? If it means you get to stay in your own home, then it, it, it's it's better than moving into a home. You know, and, and, and you know, uh, Mike's dad would probably have to end up paying for the home anyway out of deferred payment. So... Let's give it a few weeks and catch up with them. Let's see what happens. You're right, I'm like Kofi Annan, isn't it? Seriously, I'm the peacekeeper. Title of my autobiography, by the way. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M1 southbound around Junction 12 for Flitwick to Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's also looking slow on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 22 for St Albans to 16 for the M40. And the A1 southbound still has the entry slip road closed at Junction 23 for South Mims because it's flooded. In Biggleswade on the A1 southbound there's a lane blocked at Hill Lane at the Sainsbury's roundabout. And in Dagnall on Ringshall Road that's been closed in both directions between the main road north at Dagnall and the High Street in Berkhamstead. On the train departure boards there's no report when plays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, thank you. I do laugh at the tweets I get sent that I can't read out. Primarily from a regular contributor to the show. Ah, oh, dearie dear. T versus cough. We used to... Yeah, Ten years ago, 15 years ago, if you'd have said... Oh, yeah, in every high street, there's going to be four uh, um, coffee shops and we won't drink tea anymore. Well, we'd all have laughed. Now the, the, the Whiting's shops are closed down. Is it Whiting's? Wittards. Wittards, that's it. I was co- combining Twinings with Wittards. Uh, Wittards. And it's all Costa and Starbucks. When was the last time you had a cup of tea? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines. Stickers on Watford lampposts urging Muslims not to vote. Investigation underway after fire at Milton Keynes School. And Bedfordshire firefighters stranded in Nepal returns to the UK. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Bedford and Luton. The notices warn that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Dawood Massoud is the founder of the anti-extremist Cuba Trust. I don't understand how these people get their logic uh, in this, you know, in terms of MPs. When we elect the MPs, MPs are meant to be the servants of public. They listen to the public and the public meant to be the masters, i.e. they tell the MPs that, you know, this is the views, my views, can you speak about this in the uh, commons? Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. While the affected area has since been sealed off, the school itself will open today and operate as usual. More from Clare Woodling. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock yesterday morning. The fire, which started in some sheds at the rear of the school, spread to a section of the main school building. However, the majority of the damage was caused in the area where the sheds were positioned. The cause of the fire remains under investigation at this time. A man charged with the manslaughter of a doorman in Hartford last summer is due to appear at St Albans Crown Court today. 54-year-old James Dara died last August outside the Stonehouse Bar on Bull Plain. 26-year-old William Wade from High Road in High Cross was charged in February. 
The political parties are throwing themselves in the final 48 hours of campaigning. Labour is warning of cuts in the NHS. The Conservatives say there has to be a strong economy to support health care. The Lib Dems are arguing they can stop the other parties from adopting extreme policies. But our assistant political editor Norman Smith says there's already talk of deals. There is a sort of public face in the last 48 hours and a private face. The public face is a frenetic activity with Mr Cameron going on a 36-hour overnight bus tour to all the different parts of the UK, travelling 1,300 miles, visiting numerous constituencies. Mr Clegg, very similar, doing another marathon bus journey from Land's End to John O'Groats. Ed Miliband visiting umpteen different constituencies. Researchers in London have cautiously welcomed the first results of the world's largest ovarian cancer screening trial. They say a blood test has been developed, which is far more effective at detecting ovarian cancers and could be considered for a national screening programme. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. Charities have warned that there could be a serious outbreak of disease in Nepal because the earthquake has left communities with contaminated water and poor sanitation. And the England batsman Jonathan Tross has announced he's retiring from international cricket. The 34-year-old returned to the test side for the tour of the West Indies, but was dismissed for five single-figure scores in six innings. And the weather forecast, outbreaks of rain, some heavy, clearing northwards during the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with highs of 17 Celsius, 63 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. And that's why I couldn't be a politician. I get travel sick if I have to talk on a bus. I can't talk on a bus. And I was watching, um, well, it's Miliband, I think, I saw the other day, talking on a bus and he was reading on a computer and I thought, oh, blimey. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I probably wouldn't throw up, but I'd get really bad headache and feel all dizzy and, and, oh, I can't talk. So, no, that's why... That's why I never took to politics. The reason I didn't become an actor is because I can't swim with my eyes open. It's true, I can't go underwater with my eyes open. And that's why I didn't become an actor. I mean, who'd have thunk it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. All truths is BBC Three Counties Radio. Why didn't you take up a certain job? Call me now, 08459 455555. Last week, we told you someone had been putting up stickers telling um, uh, Muslims in Luton and Bedford... That's not my phone, is it? My phone switched off. It can't be my phone. Telling uh, Muslims in Luton and Bedford not to vote. Well, now, with just days to go before the polls open, uh, there's an election, guys. Did you know? They've uh, been posted through letterboxes in Luton and also appeared in Watford. Well, Majib Mirza is one of the town's imams and joins me on the line now. Morning, Majib. Hiya, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, fine, thanks. What, what's your reaction to, to these leaflets and these stickers? Um... Firstly, I'd like to thank you for having me on air, and I'm representing MDA Muslim Association in Watford. Um, in regards to the election, I'd like to say that within my community, everyone will be definitely voting on the 7th of May, um, and we are Muslims as well. And the reason for this is that the true teaching of Islam is that you shall obey the law of the land within which you live. Moreover, the of democracy go hand in hand with the Islamic teaching. 
So these Muslims who are saying that, you know, we shouldn't be voting, I don't understand where they're coming from. Now, moving on to this particular group, voting is un-Islamic and Islam forbids it. I think, in my opinion, that firstly, they're very, they're very small in number. Secondly, these people are not even welcome in mosques as their, their liability. And then such groups are known to have links with preachers of hate. And even with ISIS, I mean, in my, I mean, you know, my understanding. Now, the last point in this group, I mean, I would say, is that someone should ask them that, at one hand, you ask the government for all the help you can get, i.e. the housing benefits, child benefits, working test credit, whatever. And at the same time, you're going against the system by saying that you shouldn't vote. I mean, that just makes them hypocrites, doesn't it? Now, in, what do they really want, I would say, is that just publicity, simply. But at the same time, just to finish it off, there are other people who are going against the vote as well, which, uh, I mean, for example, Russell Brand, he's got 9.6 million followers on Twitter. So uh, I don't think too much attention should be given to these minorities. He's, he's for the vote now. No, Russell Brand's for it. Basically, he just changed his mind yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to put, that, put it out there that there are other people who are saying that voting is not, you know, that you shouldn't vote. I'm not saying what he's doing is right. I'm just saying that they shouldn't be. I mean, these people, these individuals, these Muslims, shouldn't be given that much attention. You well, see. I guess the I guess the the the, the difference between. And we did discuss this the other week. The difference between, of course, you know, people want to say don't vote, and hey, we live in a country where you can say don't vote. You don't have yeah, to vote. Exactly. But the difference speech. between these dodgepots doing it and uh, Russell Brand doing it is, uh, the, the, the the by Russell Brand saying it, it's very unlikely it's going to be that divisive or or cause um, suspicion and hatred. When it's it's um, a, a small Muslim group saying it and saying it that it's you know it's kind of the rules of Allah the, oh, or no. Muhammad, then that, that, that is going to cause divisions, isn't it? You know, no, exactly. Going back on that, that's exactly what I said. What they're doing is wrong because uh, you know it doesn't make sense at all. It's not uh, it's not un-Islamic. Or Islam does not forbid it. And uh, I mean, surprising enough, Islam, democracy go hand in hand with Islamic teachings. So. I personally, as an imam in Watford, I don't understand where they're getting this teaching from, and I don't see how it goes uh, against Islam. But the reason, the point I brought up with Russell Brand is I'm just trying to say that, you know, there are other people as well. So we shouldn't focus too much on these people. We should just let them, you know, die, because every year they do the same thing, and they just want to I mean, I mean, let them. I mean, this thing, whatever they're doing. Yeah, but the thing is, my, anyway. my thinking is, the thing is as well. I, 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 what I'm making up from what you're saying, Majib, is that we are giving them an unfair amount of publicity. Well, when Russell Brand said "don't vote," he got he got way more publicity than this, I think, in fairness. Yeah. And also, if we, um, uh, my kind of thinking is, if we let this stuff carry on underground, then by the time it becomes overground, it's too late. You know, everyone goes, "Well, where did this come <laughs> from?" Uh, definitely, in this regard, what I would suggest is that the government, I mean, should sit down with these people and, uh, you know, have a talk with them. That, okay, what are your questioning? And if they want to change, if they are after a change, what is the way of having a change in this country? And the way of having a change in this country is dem- democratically, right? And for that, you need to vote and, to, you know, for someone of your... Have you spoken to them? Do you know who they are, Majib? And have you spoken to them? Um, I do know some of these people. I haven't spoken to them personally, but because you know, I'm also a Muslim, I, I, you know, I hear these things that they are happening, and it does sadden me. But I can tell you one thing, right? Most of the Muslims in Watford, in these areas, will definitely be voting, and they're proud British, British citizens, including myself. OK. All right, Majib, listen, thank you very much indeed. Majib Mirza, 08459 455 555. 
on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I remember why I tend not to... Um to Muslim stories. It's, generally, it's quite boring, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want, you know, all the moderate Muslims to have to feel that they have to defend themselves. We know that it's a, a very, very select band of dodgepots doing yeah. this, but still, the fact that they're doing it and they've been doing it for 20 years says something, doesn't it? Anyway, do you want to know about uh, Texas? Because uh, I, I want to know what this means. Uh, this must be a conversation you've had privately with Janet. Yeah, go on. Morning, Janet. Janet and Chesney. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> I fancied being a fly... I won't put in the um, audience response to normally when, when you hear the word Janet in yep. that particular thing, because it's quite oh, rude, isn't it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, it is. It's really rude. I've only seen the film and it was rubbish. This is a different Janet. Fancied being a florist until I found oh, out how yeah, chilly yeah, the shops yeah, are. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. 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 She found out what? I couldn't how hear because Matt was speaking are. so loudly. Matt. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt. What? Janet fancied being a florist until she found out how chilly the shops are. Okay, I well don't know what that's in relation that's to. That's fantastic. Is that to do with the birds and the bees? It's to do with smuggling peanuts. Is it? What's going on here? Bitten off lobe. A lobe. Look at that. And they've got a picture of it's it horrible. with diamond stud. And that's what makes it so horrible. Is left in the road after a fight. And the Daily Mirror, if you want to look, page 22... It's a picture of an ear that's been bitten off with a diamond stud in it. It won't be a diamond one, he'd have got it back. A man left part of his ear behind after it was bitten off in a drunken fight with his diamond stud still attached. And police, uh, trying to trace the boozed-up reveller, believe he's not even sought medical help for the horror injury. How could you not go to hospital after you've had an ear bitten off? Surely you'd be go... I mean, you can't be that drunk. You didn't see what he bit off in return. Well, yeah, may have his mouthful. The street... F- I've got a mouthful of sausage. The street fight broke out... That's a joke for people who've been listening to me for ten years, and I can only apologise. The street fight broke out between two groups of men as drinkers made the most of the bank holiday. <laughs> they made the most of the bank holiday by biting bits off each other. Gosh. Barman Ashley Haig, who posted a photo of the abandoned ear on Twitter, said, it's not what you expect... I thought, why hasn't someone got this? He said the men were drunk but not aggressive and moved on after bouncers stepped in to stop this. Why would you... I mean, uh, it's kind of... um, mm. Ashley, 35, said police arrived later and took the ear away in a sandwich bag. Forensics. Two men. We have recovered a partially severed ear, the outer section. It still has the diamond stud in it. We don't know who it belongs to. Two men aged 37 and 45 were later arrested. Well, have they got an ear missing? That that would tell you pretty much whether it's that dude or not. We don't need Columbo for that one, do we? Matt, you ever um, bitten a body part off of someone else? I wish I hadn't asked that question. Tempted to do. What bit would you go for? I'd go for the nose. Oh, don't. Bite someone's nose off. It's all gristle. A strong bite of that, you take someone's nose off, easy. I've seen that in the news, it's nasty. Yeah, it could happen. I'd go for a cheek. But I won't tell you which cheek. (laughs) Oh, dear, for goodness. I mean, really... There's the, there's, there's the Star Wars posse hanging out in the Millennium Falcon, showing off. I mean, I mean it'll probably be good, because the people that do, are doing it are the people what done the Star Trek film, isn't it? Is it, um, is it J.J. Abrams? And the Star Trek film was great, the first one. I didn't bother with the second one. But, I mean, lightsaber... Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're Chewbacca. They're Chewbacca. Lightsaber camera action. This is the first official snap of the Star Wars Episode 7 cast. 
and there are more from a behind this. There's quite a funny picture of some stormtroopers taking a selfie. That's quite a nice picture. Don't make me want to watch the film. Most recognisable is Harrison Ford, 72, and he's still going out with Ali McBeal, who's 43, as Han Solo. Meanwhile, sad cases dressed up for May the 4th across the UK yesterday in a nod to the classic line... You just flink. And then, and then there's another space story. Big Bird nearly died in uh, Challenger. Remember, was it Challenger? It was, wasn't it? You remember Challenger, the space shuttle, what done, blow up. Big Bird was going to be on it. Sesame Street's Big Bird, I'm assuming not in, co- in costume... I'm assuming it was the actor. Sesame Street's Big Bird was almost on the Challenger space shuttle that blew up in 1986, the actor inside the giant yellow costume reveal. Hey, flipping it, yeah, look. NASA wanted Carol Spinney to join the crew in his eight-foot-two-inch spa- outfit to get kids interested in space. The reason they didn't uh, have Big Bird on? Big Bird couldn't fit through the door. Flipping it, that's weird, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, the entry slip road is still closed at Junction 25 for South Mims. And on the A405 North Orbital Road at Brickettwood, there are queues at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. It's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise with queues from Junction 26 Waltham Abbey towards 25 for Enfield just before the Homestead Tunnel. And on the M1 southbound, it's very slow from Junction 12 for Flittick to 9 for Redbourne. On the trains, there's no reports of any delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.15. It's Tuesday, the 5th of May. May the 5th be with you. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote, just a week after they appeared in Luton and Bedford. And a Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following the earthquake there has arrived back in the UK returns to work today. BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice bank holiday. Beautiful bank holiday. I'm guessing holiday. you didn't have a barbecue or any kind of party because I wasn't invited. <laughs> no, no, I didn't actually have a barbecue. What did you do yesterday? Uh, I went to Aldbury Village Fair. Oh, that sounds no, marvellous. very posh. Morris dancers? There were Morris really? dancers, yeah, I yes. I love Morris dancers. Yes. Including one ma- man who's a Morris dancer who, um, he was, he had a dress on, he had a, a skirt on, and he had bright pink lipstick big pink glasses and a pair of artificial boobs. Is that normal? That's Sue Pollard, I think, isn't it? <laughs> he did look a bit like... But he had a beard, but he did look a bit like Sue Pollard. Hey, listen, it's the 21st century with the BBC. We love all that What's stuff. That? But is that normal with... Because uh, normally... Yes, I'm... mate, being, tr- being transgender is normal. No, I mean for Morris dancers. Oh, no, that's weird. I don't think he was transgender. Oh, OK, he was just showing up. He was making very little attempt to really look like a woman. <laughs> we saw an all-female Morris dancing troupe yesterday. Oh. Is it part of the training where they, they um, all have an embarrassed look on their face? Well, that's normally the people watching, isn't right. it? I, I mean, like it is excruciating watching I Morris dancing. I like Morris dancing. They're all, they all look embarrassed. They're all a little bit rubbish, and no-one knows what the point is... But it's great. Have you ever shown foreigners 
Morris dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yes. And um, they kind of and and I go red when I say but you this shouldn't. is. Well, it is embarrassing. It's like it? it's like there's, 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 I tell you, should be embarrassed of their heritage, the Greeks. What? You've seen the Greek soldiers. Even I could take them in their little skirts and their curly slippers. Oh, yes. Guarding... No wonder we, we got the Elgin marbles if that's all you had guarding it, you silly Greeks. No wonder your country's bankrupt if that's your heritage. Morris dancers, better than the Greek army, better than kilts. So that's two oh, nations we're beating. You're bringing already. kilts up as well. It's two nations we're, we're, we're beating. I just thought of that. I could probably think of more. Gosh. The Samurais would win. The Japanese oh, yeah. samurai, they would oh, win. Oh, don't mess with them. Don't mess with those guys. But, I mean, really, we're totally better than Greece and Scotland. So... Were, the, were Morris dancers ever used to defend us, though, with their little sticks? I think they were used in World War II until Churchill realised this stuff was getting serious. <laughs> send, the Morris, yeah. send, the, send the Morris dancers. Send the Morris dancers. Send them on the beaches. <laughs> we'll fight them by waving bells and... Smashing little balloons. sticks all over them. Why are you doing the Elephant Man? What? <laughs> that was how. That's what you kind of speak. Oh, that was Churchill. Uh, Sorry, Churchill. I was doing John Hurt in the like Churchill. Man. Okay, gosh, well, he spoke out of the side of his mouth, didn't he? Yes, he may well have done. <laughs> Let's move on before we get too many complaints. What's on your show this morning? <laughs> Coming up on the big yes. phone in this morning from nine. Should everyone be forced to vote? Oh, uh, at the last general election, sixteen million people didn't bother to vote, meaning just sixty-five percent of the population decided who governs the entire country. Less than half of eighteen to twenty-four year olds turned out, and this year, having been told they shouldn't bother again. Russell Brand now wants them to vote Labour. No. People from ethnic minorities were also underrepresented in the polls. And this year, posters in Watford, Luton and Bedford, as you've been discussing this morning, Ian, they've been taped to lampposts telling Muslims not to vote again. Well, with so many mixed messages, Labour backbencher David Winnick is one of those MPs who's called for a more radical approach to get oh. people voting. So is it time we do as the Australians do? applying fines and court summons to anyone who refuses to turn up to the polls. From nine this morning, we'll debate this. I want to know, should everyone be forced to vote? Your call on 08459455555. I love a good vote-up. Do I, you? I love it, 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 for the same reason that I like Morris dancers, I like on a Thursday going down to my local primary school. It's not a primary school where I live now. It's, um, I can't think what it is. Methodist Church. Uh, it might village be. It's, it's a village hall, I think. Um, and uh, I like going down there. I like the, 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 the guy smell. outside. The, the I like smell. the smell. I like the, the silence. I like the, the really... <laughs> The disgruntled look from the people that are there to take your name as though you've, you've interrupted their, their afternoon off. Oh, you've come to vote, have you? What's your name? No, you're not on the... I'm there! You're not on the list. I'm there! I love all of that. The going in, the pondering, the putting down the... the I love it. My, uh, my polling station has a lady who is in charge of the ruler. <laughs> have you got the ruler, woman? Uh, we uh, we do have the to, to underline to go through the no, names. No, 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 no. This she stands there with the ruler by the big box, yeah. and when you put your piece of paper in, she then puts the ruler in to make sure it's oh, gone all the way no. down into the box. A stabber, you've got a stabber. Yeah, she does. Every ooh, she's there with the ruler. We've not got the ruler, lady. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about this on Friday. We can't mention the election on Thursday. Maybe we'll talk about the people you saw. In, in fact, that's what we all do. The people you saw when you were voting. My favourite favourite thing about voting is the um, really old-fashioned polling station this way signs with. The, the finger, yes. the finger pointing. Yes, that's why. That's what is so great about democracy. 
But those of us that those of us that bother, yeah. I mean, that's one thing. But yeah. those that don't, and there are huge numbers, millions and millions of people who don't bother to vote. So yep. should they be forced to vote? Oh. We'll debate this from nine this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'd love to hear from you. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Off-road motorbikes again in Houghton. They've all gone now, haven't they? No, no, they're still flying around. They're flying bikes now, are they? Yeah, they need to, I tell you. They're not flying around, mate. We all know that they are... Ragging around. That's what they're doing. They're ragging around. They're back, are they? There was was a big bust. Excuse me, don't mention big bust at this time. There was a big bust. What two, three weeks ago? Was there any difference immediately after that that police raid? Not as far as I know. There's no difference at all. I mean, when they said they'd got two bikes or something, they crushed it. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And when I was on to Hatter's Way, there was several vehicles parked up. One with a quad bike coming out of a vehicle coming. Me while I was doing 60 miles an hour with a little girl of four on it. Oh, blimey. About four. And when I pointed out to the police, not only should they not be there, there's a sign that says no stopping at any time. Why aren't the police ticketing those vehicles? And the next day, oh, they were Pat. still there again. So why didn't the police do anything? I'm glad you stopped that sentence, Pax. I don't think your voice could have gone much higher. <laughs> uh, well, in, in defence of the police... They did say that the, the raid last uh, the, the other week, just after the half term, I think it was, um, it was, was the, the start of a campaign and that they would be back, but they wouldn't tell us when they'd be back because they didn't want to ruin their operations. Now, uh, they may have been giving us a bit of the old bullshine, uh, Pat. We don't know. I kind of have to take them at face value and, and hope that um, they're going to launch a few more of these little raids and that, that it, it, it's... I, I like to hope they're playing the long game, but... I don't live there, I don't have to put up with it, and I don't, you know, it, it, it doesn't bother me directly. So I can understand your frustration. How long does the game go on for, though? Well, it could, well, it could be five years, mate. Yeah, I think so, yeah. You might I think right they're there. too busy chasing that um, flipping panther that your uh, missus saw. That's what <laughs> well, they're we after. Sold, we sold the trousers, you're right. Well, they, <laughs> good, the zebra trousers. Pat, thank you very much indeed. Keep us informed on that. Um, and we kind of have to take the police, you know, they said that it was going to be a prolonged campaign. I mean, we kind of have to go along with that, then, don't we? Yeah. Boyles, what you got? Nothing, really. We've not oh. got that many texts through today. We've got quite a few uh, tweets and that, but I think you're going to speak to David in a second, who's got his very own method for when it comes to encouraging people to vote. Hang on. Oh, blimey. What is, it? Is, it, is it a hot poke? They don't like it up em. I don't think it's anything... They to... don't like it up em. I don't think it's anything to do with up, in, around or on them. I, I do, I do like the tradition of, of you know, I, whether you vote or not, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm not one of those people that thinks you should be forced to vote, but I do. I like the tradition of it. I like it makes me feel grown up. 
It makes me feel like people care. Yeah. It makes me feel important. I no, I'm not really. I voted by post and, of course, then I've just done it complete isolation. You can still go and hang out and pick up the vibe. Can I go and hang out with the ruler woman? She yeah. sounds fun. I've never heard of the ruler woman. That sounds outrageous. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. How what have you got you? for us, fella? Yeah, I'm, I, do you know what? I'm all right. A bit, bit tired this morning. I would say today's show been a little bit lacklustre. Um, and I've got a really busy day. I've got a shoot-off straight after. I've got, I'm going to be in Soho in London at 10.30 this morning. I can't think of anything worse. Oh, the weather's not great here either, is it? No. Oh, it makes it even worse. Man alive. I've got, I don't want to go, go into <laughs> London. Oh, so I used to live in London, and since moving out of London a few years ago, I hate going into London. It's awful. Yeah. I, I work in London. We've just got back from Las Vegas last night. Oh, right. And it was lovely weather, 40 degrees heat, fantastic. And to come back to this, not great at all. But but um, uh, but what did you do in London? How long were you in Las Vegas for, David? Um, for uh, Just for under a week um, with the family. So just getting a, 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 some time away with the neighbours, actually. Both neighbours came. You took the neighbours uh, on holiday with you? Exactly, exactly. We've got some great neighbours. Well, how weird is that? Why, why would you... <laughs> my neighbours refuse to take parcels for me, let alone go to Las Vegas with me. Oh, no, I think we're very lucky. We've got some great neighbours. And you, did you take your kids? Uh, we didn't, no. Good. We, we both got about... Uh, we got two kids on one side, one kid on the other, and we got two kids. Well, we didn't, we, we just leave the kids at home? With the nannies, yeah, so all, all being looked after. Oh, with um, the nannies, yeah. David! Oh, I didn't realise I was speaking to royalty! <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> how, old, how old were the kids? So ours are one and three coming <gasps> up for, yeah. Wow, one and three and you left yeah. them at home and was, was, was it, were well, you... How long, did it take for, how long did it take for you to relax and how long did it take for your... I'm assuming your missus or your partner to relax um, about them? The, the missus took a, took a little bit longer yeah. than me, I've got through I bet as soon yeah. as you got to the airport, you, you'd forgotten their names. <laughs> David, you've called in about voting. What have you got yes. for us? You're encouraging people um, to vote. I think the opposite. I actually think oh, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not fussed either way. Pe- let people do what they want. I'm just saying I enjoy it. But I, I, I also think that not voting is a valid form of protest. But go on. Very true. So I actually think what we should be doing is putting a test on the back of the voting slip. So oh, yeah. if you vote Labour or Conservative yeah. or whatever else, if you can pass the general the, the, the multiple oh, questions yes. on the back of the slip, this is good. that's when your vote counts, right? This is that good. Means, this is like good. My mum used to vote Labour, and I asked her, why did you vote Labour? And she said, it's because Tony Blair's a nicest-looking politician. I thought, that's, an, that's insane. <laughs> now, bless her cotton box. I don't think she should be allowed to vote. I, I, I think if if you can, even if you have a fourteen-year-old kid, if he understands politics well and he can pass the multiple choice questions. So what kind then... of? I genuinely think this is a brilliant idea. And there's not a lot we can do with the election this week. On Friday we'll have fun and we'll ask who's the best-looking politicians. We can't do that now, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so what? Give me an example of the kind of question you'd have on the back of the ballot. See, no, see, that's the problem, Ian. I don't know anything about politics. Oh. So I would be the worst person to set the questions, and I probably would not be able to answer them either. This is that's why. Right. This is why I, 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 I personally don't want a referendum on Europe because. I don't know the answer. I don't know if being... It, 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 I always believe the last person I hear... I think it's called the latency effect. The last person I hear talking about Europe, I'll agree with them. So if I hear, if the last person I hear is Nigel Farage saying we shouldn't be in Europe because it costs this and all of this, I go, yeah, do you know what? That makes sense. But then I hear a pro-European politician, and I go, oh, no, actually, no, that, to be honest, that makes... I don't have a clue. That's exactly the problem, isn't it? And, like, what we need is professionals. If the, the, it will be the qualified people that understand the, uh, the, the questions and the challenges, 
and they'll be the only people that will be able to vote in the election. Ladies That's and great. gentlemen, David, that, can I say, you, you need to go to Las Vegas more often because you've come back uh, with an excellent, excellent phone-in. Of course. We, he's right, isn't he, Dr Watts? We need, a, we need a general knowledge quiz. Just five questions on the back of the, uh, the, back of the paper. If you get four out of five, your vote counts. Well, I guess so. It's not a bad idea, is it? Well, because there are so many... You listen to the numpties that ring this show, yourself excluded, uh, and they've got the vote. Yeah, maybe you're right. I hear the people that phone up Jonathan's show, right, arguing about politics and stuff. You think, flipping heck, that person shouldn't have access to a telephone, let alone access to a polling booth. (laughs) I'm so sick of the election already, I could throw up, though, to be honest with you. Wait, come on, listen, we're in the home stretch now. Let's all get aboard our battle buses and to drive around and uh, have a battle like monster trucks. Dr Watts, what you got? Uh, the guy with his ear bit off. Yes. Yeah, a friend of mine had his ear bit off years ago, you know. Yeah. And uh, they, I feel they, a, I feel a punchline coming on. He, uh, he had to have a pig's ear grafted on by a plastic surgeon. Yeah, go on. Yeah, it didn't work, mate. Just crackling. Thanks for calling, Doctor Ox. My pleasure. Ta-ta. Your pleasure. Nobody else's. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, we've had reports that northbound there's a lane blocked on the entry slip road at junction just before junction 14 for Milton Keynes because of vehicles broken down. On the M25, there are delays anti-clockwise between junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. And looking at the A1 southbound, there is still closed at junction 23 for South Mims because the roundabout's flooded. In Dagnall on Ringshall Road, that's closed in both directions between Main Road north at Dagnall and the High Street at Berkhamstead. And in Biggleswade, the A1 southbound has a lane blocked still at the Sainsbury's roundabouts. There's no reports of any major delays on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. after half past eight with the headlines I'm Barry Caffrey. Stickers have been put up on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. It comes just a week after they appeared in Bedford and Luton. The notice has warned that voting for man-made law goes against their religion. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fire broke out in the grounds of a school in Milton Keynes. It happened at Wavenden Gate Combined School on Gregory's Drive between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock yesterday morning. The cause of the fire remains under investigation at this time. Party leaders are hitting the road for the final part of the election campaign. David Cameron's beginning 36 hours of campaigning. Nick Clegg is starting what he calls a two-day dash from Land's End to John O'Groats. Ed Miliband is also travelling the country. A Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK. Clive Wilkinson and his wife Heather were trekking through a remote valley when they got caught up in the disaster. The Queen is due to return to London three days after the birth of her fifth great-grandchild. Buckingham Palace won't say whether she'll be meeting the new princess, who's been named Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. The weather forecast, outbreaks of rain clearing through the morning. It will then be a mainly dry day with highs of 17 Celsius. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Trott has announced his retirement from international cricket. The Warwickshire batsman came home early from the last Ashes series in Australia with a stress-related illness. However, he was selected as an opener for the recent West Indies tour where he managed only 72 runs in six innings. 
Stuart Bingham beat Sean Murphy 18-15 to win his first Snooker World Championship. The players were tied at 15 frames all before Bingham went on to wrap up victory in a tense final at the Crucible. MK Dons have been promoted to the Championship after winning 5-1 against Yeovil at Stadium MK on Sunday. Preston were beaten 1-0 at Colchester, meaning the Dons were able to snatch second place on the final day of the season. Manager Carl Robinson believes the Dons can compete in the Championship. We don't want to be a number in that. We want to be a team that competes in it. Because, but we need to spend. <coughs> we need to spend money. And if you want to compete at that level, you need to go and spend money and bring in the right players. And we've got some really young players that will grow with this football club and, and only get better. And in Division One Central, Barton Rovers lost two 0 away to Bedworth United yesterday. Bedworth scored two goals in the final ten minutes. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'm back with a full bulletin at nine o'clock. Jump in the gun. Chill. Chill, dude. What one? What happened? <laughs> I have, uh, I'm going to make my wife... Well, my wife, what time is it now? They'll be up. She's probably furious with me now. Because last night, um, uh, when the boys were going to bed, I was working in the office, and um, my eldest came in, and he was in his pyjamas, and I went to him. Hey, man, what one? Oh, what? Hey, man, what one? <laughs> Sorry? What happened? What one? And he started saying it. Uh, brilliant. So if, if my seed has been sown correctly in, in both senses of the word, he will be saying that all morning. Terrific. It's good uh, to really know. really annoy my wife. <laughs> uh, hey, Mama, walk one. <laughs> they hate it. She hates it. When, um, when, they, uh, when they fart, they now say, Daddy, I just cut the cheese. <laughs> and my wife hates it. <laughs> my wife hates it. That's not a very polite thing to say. Well, it's not a very polite thing to do, but, you know. It happens. It's natural. That, that's what happens, isn't it? You're right, Just. Yeah, I'm fine. You I've said. got to say, mate. I've bailed out of Beard Club, as you know, yeah. for, for, for business reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My face is my fortune. <laughs> um, and um, I need to be clean-shaven for a grob. Uh, your beard today, mate. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm going for it. It is flipping yeah. good. Uh, thank you it very much. It is good. And I'm going to say this. Come on, let's hear it. Come on, open up. Well, I mean, I don't... <sighs> Come on, say it. No, because you might take it as an insult. Oh, right, OK. It's, you've got a touch of the Peter Sutcliffe's about you. But, but I mean that... What? In, no, what I mean by that is... He had, I mean, you, you know, obviously a thoroughly unpleasant gentleman. Yeah. He had a really strong beard. Do you know yeah, what I mean? A really yeah. strong, thick beard. That's what you've got, mate. Why don't you just rewind and say you look like Cat Stevens, a.k.a. Hey. Yusuf Islam. Let's just leave it there. Oh, do you know what? Actually, that is much, much better. Yeah, yes. thank you. Thank, thank I, I apologise for the... Uh, rewind. Yeah. Uh, forget the... By the way, tomorrow, Justin, mm. first hour of the show, and I'd like you to take this to the streets as well. Yeah. Because also I've got another idea. But we're doing the all-star request hour in the first hour of the show. Wow. But it's not what you think. OK, what does that mean? I can't, tell you, I can't tell you on air, because the, these slackers that are tuning in at 8.36 on the school run, mm-hmm. they won't be listening between 6 and 7, so right. they'll have to listen if they want to get the vibe. OK. The all-star request hour tomorrow morning between 6 and 7. It's not six songs in a row, by any chance, is it? <laughs> no, mate. No? Cool. At heart of uh, copyrighted, that. <laughs> heart of copyrighted lazy radio. Yes. Uh, no, it's, it's something pretty special, and I, I think you might be able to get some gold out of it. I'm looking forward to it. But gold! 
gold is what I'm hoping for now. Coffee is killing the tea round. The ritual of getting the teas in at the office is drying out. Yeah. Uh, tea is such um, uh, uh, it's such a limp drink, isn't it, now? No, it's not. It's limp. It's oh, a beautiful mate. drink. No. Well, when you make a drink, with the greatest of respect, I, I always wonder if there's a water shortage <laughs> in Luton. <laughs> Just the way I make them, you know. Yeah, always no. leave people wanting a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever run a pub. Uh, well, nearly half of workers now prefer cappuccinos or lattes from the local coffee shop, the study yes. reveals. And they're right, aren't they? What The worst thing is the sneaky tea round. Um, selfish, uh, selfish tea. The selfish tea. Lockers does that. Mm-hmm. And also young Ollie, the young lad that works here. He's always coming in with a selfish tea. All right, Ollie, you're not making a round. That is out of order. It's perfectly... Acceptable. What to go to the and kitchen if, and make your cu- make yeah, up tea, actually, and then come yeah, back yeah. and sit with your team? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Mate. Perfectly if you're in acceptable. the office on your own, then yeah, sure, that's fine. If you've got no mates in the office, like Luke Ashmead or, or, or Gary uh, Gary Ford, perfectly acceptable. Uh, then if I make you a drink, you should be grateful. You should not expect a drink if I go and make a drink. Well, hang on a minute. Let's Simple just let's just take this let's just take this out of the work setting. If you're at home, put it into the bedroom. Face. Do you go and make yourself a brew and sit there drinking it in front of your girlfriend? Your lover. Yeah, I would do actually. Gosh, flipping it, mate. That. Terrible. Well, Justin, you've taken this to the streets. I have indeed. Uh, tea or coffee, it's the big question of the day. Uh, ten years ago, I was a tea man. I'm now a coffee man. And that <laughs> makes me sick as a person because I should be doing more for my country. Sick as a person. I should so... be doing more for my country. That sentence is just full of great dealism. <laughs> I used to be a top... Three. I used to be a, a tea man. Now I'm a coffee man. There's one. Yep. It makes me sick as a person. There's two. Mm. I should be doing more for my country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you it's, all, me laugh. it's all fact, not fiction. So, so I've been on the streets this morning trying to get people's opinions. It gets a little bit tense towards the end yes. here. Tea or coffee, yeah. here's what happens. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. I'm tea. What do you think about people who drink copious amounts of coffee and disrespect the English brand? No good, mate. No good. They're no good? No. No good, mate. Tyrone, tea or coffee, boss? Uh, I'm a tea man. What do you think about all these people that are walking around this morning? We've seen them on the streets, walking around with cups in their hands, pays £3 for a cup of coffee. What do you think about those people? Uh, stupid, really. Tea, definitely. Definitely. Right way to wake up in the morning. It's the right way, isn't it? Sets me up for the day. So why have we become a nation of coffee lovers all of a sudden? Following America's trend, that's why, instead of being English. So, nice fluorescent jacket, nice clipboard. Tea or coffee for you? Coffee. Did you used to be a tea man, though? Yes. Aziz, you're queuing up, I presume, for a, for a coffee? Yes, I am. Why not tea? Uh, coffee keeps me awake in the morning. It's all in your head. Could be right. Mm. Black coffee, please, yeah. Tea or coffee? No, I've had me breakfast. Yeah, yeah, but out of the two, if I said to you I've got the kettle on... Tea. Jordan, you look like a tough guy. What's the tough guy's perspective? Tea or coffee? Coffee. Is tea not hard enough for you? Tea's runny. Tea's runny? Yeah, it's liquid. What's coffee, then? Liquid. I, I don't get the answer. You said tea or coffee, you said tea's runny. That's why you don't like it. Then I said, so coffee's not, and you said, well, that's runny, too. Well, coffee's a better drink than tea. I like coffee more than I drink tea. Great answer. Thanks, Chief. Yeah, mate, mate. Mm. He pwned you there, fella. Mm, not really. He? He's got a point. They are runny. He's got a point. They're very runny. Mm. If you want uh, non-runny, Bovril. 
Bovril's kind of gloopy, yeah. isn't it? It's not my drink. Hey, listen, mate, you know I don't do football bants. Yeah. But come on, what, what's all the... the oh, you, don't you start. You are an ambassador yes. for this show, and that's out in the street, and it's yep. also online, mate. You're an, you're an online warrior. Careful. Yes. So just... Uh, I just, what are you what, saying? You've created... You've created... I'm spitting it out. I'm trying mm. to. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> You've created Beef Online, which yeah. I'm inadvertently involved in now. No, you're not involved with it at all. You're an ambassador for this show, mate, and you've Listen. let the side down. Why are you banging on about Milton Keynes Dons? Milton Keynes Dons, I've said a million times before, and I've said it, you know, over the weekend as well. Congratulations. Over a season, they deserve to be in the championship. They're right. going to have lots of fun next right. year. It's brilliant for them. Yeah. Brilliant for their supporters. Great. As well as, you know, being great for the radio station. But yes. I'm also a football fan myself. Yeah. And I'm entitled to my opinion. And what is your opinion? Well, me, myself, being a Luton supporter... Are jealous? Well, Because yeah. your team's rubbish. Okay. Well... Your team's rubbish. rubbish. OK, yes, yeah. a bit of jealousy there. Then last year, when they, weren't they going to win the FA Cup or go <laughs> up a league or something <laughs> last year? And they didn't, and they've done nothing this year. They got promoted last year. This season has been a good, solid season. So boring. Back in the Football League, OK? But you've got to remember, you've got to remember, when it comes to the Milton Keynes Dons, yeah. as a local Here we supporter, go. Here we go. OK, a Luton Town supporter, Here we go. that club has been moved up the M1 yeah. to Milton Keynes. And Rightly or wrongly so. Your point, well, so, you, so and that you means, think wrongly no, so. Hang on. So that means they're going to be tapping in to the youth department. That means, oh, as they're in the championship, they've got a better status, they could be taking players from my club, and no, also but, but, a lot of fans who but, may go to games, but, who, who may want but, to go to the odd game, would Mr. probably Dealey. prefer to go there. Yeah, Mr Dealey, Mr Dealey. Mm, mm. But Manchester United will be tapping into local talent if it's any But they've good. always been there, boss. Arsenal will be tapping but into the local talent. There. Your beef is... That uh, Watford, no, not Watford, what were they called? Wimbledon. <laughs> Wimbledon has moved up and become MK Dons. But I don't see the problem with that. Uh, you get jealous. Uh, well, yeah, as I said to you, that there is an element You're of jealous. jealousy. You're jealous. There. There, there is. I, I okay. wish them every success for next year. They'll have a fantastic so season. They so won't sad. go it's down. So sad. But it's pathetic. I'm a football supporter. I support my local so team. Pathetic. And they're tapping so, into that market. So pathetic, mate. Really is disappointing. Okay. Don't stir stir up anybody online, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. You're right. You're right. Oh, sorry. I didn't know I was on air. I did not know this mic was live. Sorry. That red light in that studio, Matt, <laughs> indicates it's a basic. That red light indicates that the microphones in that room are on air. I'm sorry. I apologise. You need to apologise to Justin. It's the end of his piece. I apologise, Justin. Thank you, Matthew. But actually, my cough was far more interesting than the, the, this football talk. Oh, oh dear. Ooh. What do yeah. you have to do that for? Justin, we'll speak later. Thank you, boss. Oh, Justin, before you go. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. The red light means the microphone's on. That's basic. Here, yeah, this is a story. Dead, uh, mm. Dead after 56 shots of booze. <gasps> A bar owner went on trial yesterday, accused of killing a customer by serving him 56 shots. It's in France. The victim, 57, oh, was trying to break the bar's own record for the number of shots consumed. He downed 56, one more than the record, at Le Starter Bar in France. Oh, blimey, in front of family and friends, including his daughter. Each contained up to 40 millilitres of alcohol, meaning he drank more than a litre of spirits. Right. Get back on, <laughs> Blimey, the, the, the fella's defence, the bartender's defence? Nobody forced the client to take the challenge. How very Gallic. Flipping heck! Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 northbound, there's a lane blocked just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes because of a breakdown, which is causing slight delays. On the M1 north southbound, that's looking really slow on the speed sensors from Junction 12 for Flittick to 9 for Redbourne, possibly because of an accident earlier in the area. In Bickleswade, on the A1 southbound, there are 20-minute delays but around the Sainsbury's roundabout. And on the A1 southbound, that has just reopened on the entry slip road at Junction 23 for South Mims for the M25 after the flooding earlier has been cleared away. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 8.45, it's Tuesday the 5th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stickers have been put up on lampposts in Watford urging Muslims not to vote. And a Bedfordshire firefighter left stranded in Nepal following an earthquake has arrived back in the UK and returns to work this morning. If you want to give us a call, you can do the uh, great coffee versus tea debate. And also, I don't get Dealey's beef with MK Dons. What, what, they're a football team that's done really well. Why, why would you be anti that? I'm assuming we're going to weather. Oh, wait, that's what I'm feeling for. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're literally on the air mat now. There you go. This what what is going on? We're doing. Why don't you introduce the weather, Matt? As it's your fault, it's ballsed up. Matt, introduce the weather. Here's the weather. Say. Good morning. It is quite a muggy start to the day across all three counties. Some heavy showers working their way through have been for much of the morning. Haven't heard too much in the way of thunder, but it's not impossible that we could get one or two flashes of lightning mixed in there. We've got an increasing gusty southwesterly breeze. Not strong as it's going to be at the moment, but it is going to increase through the afternoon. May see one or two sunny spells, but quite a blustery day on the whole. Maximum temperature 17 Celsius. Overnight, still some showers but they will eventually die away but we're hanging on to a strong southerly breeze minimum temperature mild at 7 celsius for tomorrow it is still very windy blustery showers tomorrow afternoon maximum temperature 14 celsius and that's your forecast thank you very much after a nail-biting final weekend bounding around there and it's in it's in for sheffield the season's over for two of our local teams. Here's Ben Reeves with the free kick, left for the delivery, low, Lewington! With the Premier League waiting for the Hornets. Watford are promoted to the Premier League. And MK Dons promoted to the Championship. The final whistle goes at Stadium MK! The Dons are in the Championship! It's been a fantastic season and you've heard it all right here. Three Counties Sport from BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, Peter. Peter? Peter? Where's Peter gone? Peter? Peter? Got any Texas, Catherine? Not many. Oh, blimey. Get him back up. Get him back up. Peter? Call him back. He's not there, Matt. He's not there. So call him back. I don't know what the... Call him back. Blimey. 
Catherine, could you call Peter back for me, please? Because I finish at nine o'clock and it would be great to have someone to talk to. Hey, here's the thing. I'm a sleepwalker. I used to be. I haven't done it for ages. I miss sleepwalking. I used to do it a lot when I was younger. Used to do it a lot when I was younger. Sleepwalking could run in the family researchers. I thought we knew that, didn't we? If your parents do it, you're more likely to do it yourself. A study found children were seven times more likely to walk in their sleep if both parents had a history of doing the same. Oh, I can't wait for my boys. I can't wait for my boys to start um, sleepwalking. That's going to be freaky. You a sleepwalker, Peter? Hi, good morning. Yes, hello. Uh, what, uh, are you a sleepwalker? No, not at all. OK, sleep talker? Uh, no, not a, a moonwalker? No, not at all. A midnight all. lover? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Thank you, Peter. What, what would you like to have a whinge about? I just thought that subject you raised before with this chap who wanted to be careful at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, now, this is uh, Ro- Robbie Clark, yes. Yeah, I just wondered whether there's an aspect of nursing care needed there, because that's not chargeable, is it? Uh, well, unless it's changed, unless the laws change. Yeah, no. Um, they, they would class it. The, the, they would class it as social care because they, they they word these things very very carefully. Oh, I know. I yeah, know you, we both know this. So yeah, they they uh, you and I would probably consider it nursing care. Yeah. Uh, they would class it as social care, which you do have to pay for yourself. Oh, oh well, I had a peculiar thing happen to me. I actually. bet you did. I bet you've had one or two peculiar uh, things recently, in your life. I go to an eye clinic, right? Oh yeah. And my, my appointment was for one year. Yeah. When I rang up, because I hadn't heard a month before, yeah. they told me they were running six weeks late. Now, I'd already waited a year. Hang on a <laughs> so minute. So I think that's frightening. Well, well, hang on a minute. What's frightening? Well, uh, the fact that uh, if they're running six weeks late, yeah. after when I was a due appointment after a year, yeah. how on earth can't they... Put the appointment for one year when uh, I've <laughs> been waiting a year already. I think they were hoping that you might pop your clogs, Pete. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, and they wouldn't I have re- to bother. I realise that. They got the shock of their lives when you phoned up. He's yeah, still well, alive! Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes I catch a complaint like deceit. Yes. <laughs> hey, Peter. Yeah? Russell Brand, is he, is he going to influence the way you vote? Well, uh, he's so... He's so wandering all over the place with what he's saying. He doesn't stay in one place at, a, at any time, really. You'd like him? You'd like uh, um, him to stay in one place, would you? His brain, his brain is sort of uh, wired differently to mine. Let's put it that yeah, way. I think that's a very fair assumption, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. Graham's on the line. Morning, Graham. Morning. How are you doing? Turn your radio off, Gray. Oh, there you go. Is that better? Yeah, it's much better. Thank you. Go on, boss. What you got? Uh, well, it's about the MK Don thing. Yeah. Um, basically, they, they didn't earn the right to be in the championships, I don't think. They didn't start the right way. They, they didn't earn the right, what, by winning all those football games and getting more points than everyone else? Yeah, yeah. Turn your radio off, Gray. You don't know, you've not earned the right to be on this radio station for much longer. <laughs> yeah, now it's turned off. Yeah. OK, it's fine, right. But what it is, basically, they bought a club's league position. Yeah. And then... So basically, they didn't, they didn't earn the history. They haven't. They're just a new. Who gives a stuff? Hang on a minute. Well, what do you think uh, Man City do? What do you think Man United do? They just buy they, players. They they buy victory. They buy players. They buy players. They don't buy clubs. Oh, it's the same but thing. The it, hey, Graham, this is this is why you footballers are so silly. It's the same thing. They just they've, they've done. You you do well by chucking money at it in this sport, which is another reason why the sport is so stupid. You're just jealous, Gray. 
I'm not jealous. I'm totally not jealous. I'll give them monkeys. Well, you phoned up a radio station to say they've not deserved it, so of course you give them monkeys. 100% deserve it. 100%. But why, you've not explained to me why they don't deserve it. They won more games than everyone else, right? Is that what happened? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair comment. But what I'm, what I'm trying to explain is, Manchester City, that you brought up, they started off many years ago, and yeah. they started in the lowest... Oh, possible, so new, new teams, new teams, yeah. teams that haven't been around for 100 years, can't do well. Yeah. No, they should start in the very bottom league. If they're a new team, they should start at the low point and then work their way up. Well, they've, they've, but they've, 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 whether they did or not, they've proved that they can they can beat everybody in their league. So on their way up, you go up the next one. If they yeah. were if they were rubbish, Gray, they'd, they'd be going backwards, wouldn't they? They are rubbish. Well, but, but obviously, but Graham, obviously they're not. <laughs> they're obviously better than your team. Wow. Well, they are, that's and that amazing. and that's what it's about, isn't it? That, well, who do you support, Graham? I can't say that. Why? Because <laughs> they are better than my team. Well, then there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. Oh, dearie me. It's all, I don't get this football stuff. It's, it's just jealousy. Well, they've not been around for 100 years, so they shouldn't... Well, hang on. They, did they win more, more games than everyone else? Yeah? Fine, then they go up. That's how football works. That's how the leagues work, isn't it? I don't really know. So I've not grasped that concept, and it's quite possible, as I think football is just... You know, it attracts people like that uh, who can't string an argument together. It's just gangs, isn't it? If you're jealous, say, do you know what? I'm really jealous. I'm really jealous because they, they, they're better than us. And they got more money. And they got a nice spanking new stadium. And it's all about money. All the big teams do well because they spend, what, like £50 million, £100 million on getting some fella from Spain. Well, how is that? Do you know, part of me thinks football... Uh, I would... I would be into football. A, if they took up my idea of double football, four teams playing against four goals. That would be cool. Also, if you could only um, get players within a eight-mile radius of your stadium. It'd be good. How great would that be? Yeah. And then, of course, you, you do the, what you do with middle-class parents. You get loads of Spaniards moving over, you know, into to, next to, I don't know, Manchester City what, Stadium. Salford, do you reckon? Yeah, well, they would. So, <laughs> oh, but the, we, I have lived here for many a year, senor. A speedy Gonzalez. I, don't I feel the same about Formula One. It's not really about the driver, is it? It's about who's got the most flashy car. It's about the car. There's now that you're not allowed to crash each other. If, if Lewis about... Hamilton was building his own bogey out of like pram wheels and stuff, that'd if be they, impressive. If they did in Formula One, what they do in Mario Kart, where um, you get power-ups, yeah, and you could fire like loads of mushrooms at people, <laughs> or you can you can leave an oil slick behind Smoke you. Screens. Yeah, well, you press a button and a load of tacks come out the back, and it, it punches the cars. I'll be in. You throw a turtle. Exactly. You get a super boost. No, you get none of that. We need to start a lot of alternative sports. If only we had the energy. More than 60% of children developed sleepwalking when both their parents were sleepwalkers. Oh. I love a bit of sleep. I haven't done it for years. I used to be a sleepwalker. Oy. I hope my boys do it. My boys kind of talk in their sleep. It was born of anxiety, though, wasn't it? Mate, I don't know. But this is... Um, oh, the study published in uh, 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 the journal Mama Jamma. I had no idea there was such a publication. Well, it's called Jammer uh, Pediatrics, but I've, oh. I've called it Mama Jammer just to make it a little bit more fun and to fill. And it bought me eight seconds. Also found that... Here we go. Also found that children with one parent who was a sleepwalker were three times as likely to sleepwalk as those whose parents did not. One of my boys is going to be a sleepwalker, and one day I'm going to wake up with a child stood next to me in the bed holding a bread knife. <laughs> That is going to happen, and um, when it does, then... Um, then you'll know you've achieved something. You've achieved something. If there's one thing a horse wouldn't... Why is this horse wearing a suit? 
if there's one thing a horse wouldn't want be, want to be allergic to, allergic, its skeleton is allergic to chimneys. It's grass. Imagine a horse being allergic to grass. Shoot it. You'd have to shoot it. Where's it going to live? In a car park? Wouldn't survive in the wild, would it? But for... Uh, Shanket? Shanket? OK. The grey gelding, it gets worse. Oh, wow. It's a gelding. It does get worse. It, he's also allergic to oats. Dear. Couldn't put him out to stud then, could you? Well, he's a gelding. He couldn't... Is anything. that a girl? No. A gelding. What's a gelding? Oh, it's that it's... um. It's uh, two turntables and a microphone is, uh, is sadly defunct. The Andalusian has also tested pos- positive for allergies to barley and rye, as well as insects, dust mites, storage mites, and doing a good day's work in the field. She has a lazy horse. It's a lazy horse. <laughs> the blooming Andalusians coming over here, signing on, doing, not bothering to work. They don't want to work, the Andalusians. They just want to come over and get our benefits. Sick note. They just want to get their faces down in the trough. And that's it. Do they eat from troughs? No, it's horse bags, of course, you idiots. Yeah, I can't walk. Give me that horse bag. What's in that? Oats? I can't eat oats. Got any apples? Any apples? Yeah, I'll have an apple. Got any carrots? I'll have some of that. Beautiful. Exposure to hail grass gives him itchy hives. Crying out loud. So, owner Sarah Hutchinson... Oh, that's why he's wearing a suit. ..has found an outfit covering him from head to foot. I mean, they come over here, they get our specially designed suits so they can go in a grass-based environment. It makes you want to puke! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, there's reports that a lane's been blocked northbound just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, causing some delays. And the A1M southbound slow from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage. In Biggleswade, there's 20 minute delays on the A1 southbound because of a lane that's been blocked at the Sainsbury's roundabout by an accident. On the motorways, the M25 has queues in both directions from Junction 22 for St Albans to 23 for the A1M because of flooding earlier at the uh, slip road onto the A1. And in Aylesbury on Friaridge Road, that's looking very busy between the Oxford Road roundabout and the A413 Walton Street roundabout. On the train departure board, though, there's no reports of any delays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. Lockers, thank you. Dealey, Gold, Catherine, we need to speak. Back tomorrow at six o'clock. Until then, from us, ta-ta. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should everyone be forced to vote? At the last general election, 16 million people didn't bother to vote, meaning just 65% of the population decided who governs the entire country. Less than half of 18 to 24-year-olds turned out and this year, having been told they shouldn't bother again, Russell Brand now wants them to vote Labour. People from ethnic minorities were also underrepresented in the polls, and this year, stickers in Watford, Luton and Bedford have been stuck to lampposts telling Muslims not to vote again. With so many mixed messages, is it time we do as the Australians do? Applying fines and court summons to anyone who refuses to turn up to the polls? Pick up the phone this morning, come on and have your say. Should everyone be forced to vote? What do you think? Call me on 08459 455 555. 
This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Barry Caffrey. Good morning. With just two days to go until the general election, the party leaders are touring the UK in a last-minute push for votes. The Lib Dem leader, Nick Clegg, is on what's being described as a two-day dash from Land's End to John O'Groats, while Labour leader Ed Miliband is making a series of visits across England and Wales. David Cameron's pledging to work through the night on a 36-hour, 1,300-mile journey around the UK. The Conservative leader insists it's been his own decision to roll up his shirt sleeves and try to show the voters he's pumped up ahead of the election. Nobody told me to do anything. I just wanted myself to turn the dial up because I could feel I needed to do more to get my uh, message across. And look, I think we had the most positive manifesto with the ideas of taking the family home out of inheritance tax, with 30 hours of childcare, with the new jobs we want to create, the starter homes that we're building. I think people have seen a very, very